But the reality is I need to be here to do what I do. I think right. it's hilarious. There's all these agents that are like global real estate advisor. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's the most right. ridiculous thing. To be thing. really good, you got to- Real estate's the most in. local business there is. Don't say you're a global real estate advisor. It's a joke. Right. I got carjacked and, okay. and pistol whipped. You're too pretty. What do you mean? I, I'll tell you the story. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah. Right? Because I also had a plan. Right. And that plan's not gonna work. Like when you turn around and you have a gun pointing at your head. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Whatever and, they tell you to. Exactly. I think luxury is the most watered down, unnecessary term. It doesn't mean anything anymore. Right. I'm John Graft and I love Chicago real estate. Between showings, I stop in my favorite places, talk with local business owners, and bring their story to you. This is my Chicago. So what's elevated living? What's elevated living? Yeah. It's a prop tech company. Uh-huh taking over yeah yeah <laughs> so i see your guys signs in every building i go into do you live in a building you, i do you live in old town park i do it, right yeah yeah so essentially um we so yes yeah, so old town park you guys don't use our full suite but you use like 80 percent of our app so like our app normally i'll show you when i see it it came down to me is all these buildings want all these services, but who wants to manage that? Yeah. And I feel like you guys are the conduit. Between Amenity the reservations. So like, you know, okay. if the building has guest suites, like at Old Town Park, they never used our system for this, but you know, conference room bookings in the building. We also, the other nice thing that we do is we integrate Butterfly MX. Okay. That's so like, cool. For example, the biggest thing we saw for is uh, when a property or a landlord, you know, they have a building and they want to offer residents all these great things. They have to use usually five or six different apps. What we do is we bring everything into one system. Okay. So we bring, you know, like Butterfly, for example, you don't have to download the Butterfly app. You download your branded Old Town Park app and it lives in there. Same thing with like uh, your apartment doors. If your apartment has, I think you guys have Salto okay. locks in, your, in Old Town Park. And like essentially there we... Uh, you can have the, you can have a virtual key in your phone. I love that. So if you're like not, not able to, you know, use, you lose your key fob or what you're locked out, but you have your phone because you had a wild night on Wall Street, mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you can at least hold your, you know, phone up to the door and it'll open it. You know? They they sold that feature in, old in Tower 3 when they were showing the building and then they were never able to implement it. We were also supposed to have it for the elevators. Really? And they were never able to integrate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh. It's a common thing that happens, actually. Yeah. Well, there's so many different systems, like you said. So are you working with APIs, or how are you bringing that all into one place? All APIs. Yeah. So we do basically a um, uh, few things. So like we have our own, obviously, system, and then we built our own like uh, platform inside to man, like each module, I guess. So there's an amenity reservation module. There's an access control module. So we built like our own. And then what we do is we basically just interface with other systems because they're, they're all different. Yeah. That's what's crazy. Like it's so much time. It's so time consuming to do what we're doing. Like when I first started doing this with the access, well, like two years ago, two and a half years ago, I started looking into it and elevated living, the access control. Okay. For the doors. Yeah. Okay. Like, cause we had, you know, our app was our app and our app had its own kind of native functions, but then, you know, the feedback I get from managers is like, they want an all-inclusive app, right? right? That's what they're trying to solve for. Like, they don't want to have a million apps. And they don't want to do this either. That's not their business. That's not their focus. Exactly. So they want to have one inclusive app and they don't want to deal with it. A little closer. They don't want to deal with it. So what we do is we essentially, you know, 
we are the ones that solve their problems, right? Like we basically bring all the, um, those access points uh, and the hardware, we interface with it. And, you know, it's, it's a huge lift because it takes um, months to just do one integration. Um, but, you know, what's nice is like, once you get go live with it, like, you know, I, I have clients in, for example, in um, Arizona where the residents, when they move into the building, they would have, uh, they had a package locker app to manage packages. They had an app for uh, getting into the building, like a video intercom, right? Okay. They had an app to get into their elevators and common spaces like <laughs> in the center, right? Like you want to go to fitness center, you got to scan your file. That's different than the front door. Yep. And then they had a separate app for um, in entry into their units. Okay. So imagine you have a separate one for entry into the building, common space, and in, in unit access. So effectively they have five, they had five apps. They had five apps because there was another app that was like a resident app. Mm -hmm. And the resident app that does like all their work orders, they don't integrate. Like with, resident cafe or one of those. Yeah, yeah, they don't integrate with those things. So, you know, that client was stuck having, five, like number one, I don't know who, who developed, like, whoever decided the technology Right, like the per people that are that, hardware integrators. As you're sitting there, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, how did the building make these? Right, I, I don't know, right? But that that's one of, that creates a that's, job for you. That creates that's a whole the business. number one question. But that was like a that's like a good example of like what not to do with with these hardware systems. So you know, we were able to bring five apps into one with for those guys. Okay. So residents can just literally you know hold their door or hold their app next to their phone uh, door, and they could open the door, right? Or they could let their guests in you know, directly through the app as well. Like if you have a guest waiting, you just open up your app, swipe to unlock, boom, the door opens. It's interesting you're saying all these things because as I'm going around Chicago and I see your company being advertised, I feel like it's advertised more for the luxury services. Yeah, so we, we do that. So that was like what we started with. And okay, like when what, did you start? So we started, I had another business. Um, to give you a background, uh, I had another business that was not in real estate, kind of ended up in real estate on accident, but essentially um, my first business, we were doing more hospitality type stuff. We would do services. We would come to people's homes, help them with whatever they needed. Okay. That was my first business. A cleaning Nothing service? It was cleaning. It was uh, like chores. Concierge? It was, yeah. It was okay. trainer, personal trainers that come to okay. you, you know, so it was, it was like anything you wanted, we would bring to your home. Okay. Right? And then what happened was I got approached by some property managers um, in different luxury apartments. They're like, hey, Conrad, this would be great inside our buildings. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And I actually got, uh, you know, we got our first building. And uh, which building was that? It was actually Envy. Okay. ENV. Yeah. In, in cool Northern building. Northern. I hate the name. Yeah. So yeah. Envy. Um, and the manager, uh, shout out to Danny Garcia. Uh, he was, he was an assistant, I think, or leasing at the time. He's like, yeah, we need, we need help with, uh, these services. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And before you know it, it took off. Like we had like 30, 40 buildings that same year. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause once one building has it, then the other ones are like, Hey, do you hear what's happening oh, yeah. over there? Yeah. So we blew up and I was actually, it's funny. Cause I was actually, this is like my side business. Mm -hmm. This was like a side business. I was just trying to make some extra money part-time when I was in grad school. And, um, it ended up being like much more. Right. So we were doing that. And then and again, I'm, I have no idea. I'm an outsider, right? I'm a guy, I'm a hospitality services type person. I'm not a real estate technology, property management software guy. Yeah. What were we going to grad school for? Northwestern to get my uh, doctorate in physical therapy. 
Okay, so I mean, super random. So like, different. Super random. Like, yeah, I'm telling you, like, this is like, because you don't look like a nerd either. I was like, people, like, prop tech, I make, I'm building apps. Your app's good too. Yeah. I was like, okay, so I, I expected someone to walk in here being like, glasses, you know, the whole story. I have glasses. I, have, I, I got my blue light, I have my blue light blocking glasses. I, I use those too. <laughs> Um, but no, it's, it's, it's actually like super random. Anybody who knows a story, cause, cause managers who know me from day one, like from, this is like 10 years ago when we didn't have the app, mm -hmm. they're always like, I can't believe you have like the most random things that you started with and you ended up doing this. Like they're always like in disbelief about it to this day. They're always like, yeah, I, I remember you when you were just like a, you know, uh, young guy with an idea. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, so essentially we, we, I learned about all the different things, right? Like Yardy, Rent Cafe, um, all the different access control systems. So I started like four years building that business and we, you know, we got profitable. We were doing really well. I ended up graduating, got my nice. license, my doctorate, didn't end up using it really because my business took off. You have a great um, receipt. It looks yeah, really good and, on the wall. Yeah, it's a, it's a great receipt. Exactly. <laughs> I'm local realtor, John Graft. Check out our YouTube channel, Graft Real Estate, for the largest collection of curated properties here in Chicago. Whenever you're ready to buy or sell, drop a line, let's talk. Thank you for watching, and I hope you enjoyed this interview. So, you know, my business took off, uh, and then what happened was, I, I learned about these problems. Like, managers would tell me, like, oh, I'm having issues with this, and this doesn't sync. And at the time, my, my app that I had, I had, I built an app. Uh, it was, it was kind of adding to the problem. So like, you know, we were, you were one more app. We were one more app, yeah. we were one more app that residents have to download. And I realized it. I was like, bingo. Like, what if someone's gonna, in the beginning, I was thinking, what if some company comes in one day and they bring everything together? I'm going to be out of business. Out. And I'm one of those people where I don't like to lose. You know, I'm, I like to, you know, always, like think ahead, you know, even if it's like five years, 10 years. So I was like, what if, what if we do it? Right. And I have no like coding background. I was like a tech guy. Mm -hmm. I knew how to do a lot of stuff on the computers. Right. Yeah. Um, but I was not like a coding where I could code an app. Right. So I ended up, um, meeting with like 20 different, uh, companies essentially. And what I am good at is I'm good at you know, asking them what they would do, right? So you you talk to them for for a little bit. Each per, each company tells you like, oh, here's what we would do. Here's how we would build this. What what link coding language you would use, right? Like to me, I'm like, I don't know what these guys are talking about. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I ended up learning a lot. You know, so you interview these companies, you take notes. Each company tells you different things. Now you have some talking points. Now you understand kind of what they're talking about. And eventually, I ended up partnering with a, with a with a kind of like a software vendor that builds these these systems that was also like younger you know hungry trying to kind of make make you know make it big yeah and you can see yourself in that person right yeah it's and, nice and, to have someone who's on the same and, level and we ended up working together and it, it went really well and you know elevated living we launched about five years ago mm -hmm. so you know we had the other business for four or five years you know learned a lot then we roll out elevated living and so elevated, you're nine years into this almost 10 now wow yeah Ele elevated living five. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've been in the industry for about 10 years. Yeah. You have to count that first business because without that first business, you wouldn't have been here and yeah. you're still offering the services you offer today. Yeah. Right. Exactly. We yeah. are. We basically, what my 
kind of hypothesis was, and it still is, and I'm very, very bullish on it, uh, is that a lot of the companies that exist, they are, uh, they're insiders, right? Like they're, they don't come from like a hospitality services background. And I saw what I realized was that you can, not only can you have a, you can create a great experience for residents, but you can also monetize that experience, right? So a lot of landlords, they think about, oh, rent payment every month. That's how I make money. But what if you could add on housekeeping and a personal trainer and a dog walker and make your residents' lives more convenient? You bring these things to them. Mm -hmm. And so that was always my focus. And I was able to, uh, you know, with my first business, I, that's what we did. And I basically took that, what I learned there, combined it with the property management software. And we, I feel like we, we built like the best products. That's the most complete because to give you an example, a lot of what exists today, um, it's just an app. Mm -hmm. So the managers still have to figure out how to use it. They don't have people. They have to find the people to do all these services. Right. Do with, they do that? Or do you do that? With us, you, we do all of that. Right. That's but, what I figured. I would say my competitors, yeah. everybody that exists, like there's an app and you, you smart. Know. You know what? That's funny because I don't think you have a competitor. You know, so you know you have a competitor because it's your business. But me, as an outsider, but someone who's really in, who sees this every single day, there's no company that competes with you. That does everything. I, I agree. That's even promoted the way your company's promoted, though. Like you walk into any building, you're the company. Yeah, we are. We are. And and my goal was always to white label it. So like we white label the experience mm. under the customer's brand. Yeah. You know, so we. I don't want elevated living to be public facing. It's funny that you keep, you know, you saw yeah. our brand everywhere, but like ultimately our apps are always built in the client's brand, you know, their colors, their logos. Okay. Um, and, you know, we are trying, you know, we are offering something that nobody else is offering, which is an all-in-one system. You know, the, 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 a lot of the technology that exists today, it's either you have an app and it's only an app or you have a company of those services and only the services. And usually the services company has their own app and then you have your resident app, right? Mm -hmm. So what we basically took, we merged these two things together. Um, and I feel like that's the secret sauce, you know, because now you can, you know, one, you can offer a lower cost to the landlord or the management company for the technology because you can offset those software fees by the services revenue mm -hmm. that you generate in the building. You know, when you have three, 400 people living in a building, it's like a, it's like a little city. It's an ecosystem. Yeah, it's an ecosystem. And it, and I like that you said ecosystem because that's on our website. Yeah, but I, I use that word all the time for my wife because it's it's strange. We live in Old Town Park and we owned, I owned for 12 years before this. I mean, mm -hmm. I've, I've owned more places than I've ever rented. And we our idea was let's rent and then we'll build something or we'll find the right building. We're looking for the right place to own. Right. But we've gotten so used to living in the building that I don't know how we're ever gonna leave. Right. Because it is an ecosystem. Now we have a babysitter who lives in the building who's like full time, who's oh, yeah. become like part of the family, right? We have five grocery stores within five blocks. We have the sauna, the steam, oh, the yeah. gym, the bowling, that all this stuff. You're like, so why don't I just invest in real estate and maybe I'll use those proceeds to pay the rent instead of trying to make my home the focal point. And you'll never hear a realtor say this. That's what's funny, right? right. But you have to be honest because there's a time and place for everything and not renting makes sense for some people sometimes. Owning makes sense for some people right. sometimes, but the ecosystem is real. 
It is. And, you know, like what you said, I, I agree with you, by the way. Like, I think it is better to, I think if you're, if you're buying a property, I think it's better to buy an investment property that you can rent out and it's making money for you versus buying like a, you know, first time home. You know, it's not making money for you. Yeah. You could always rent somewhere, mm -hmm. right? And that investment property is going to pay for your rent. Right. So it's like, it's, it's, I a hundred percent agree with that. Like, it's funny cause I'm actually in the same boat. I, I sold my place in uh, Wicker park mm -hmm. and you know, at the peak of the, you know, uh, pricing. I sold and, three places during the peak. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. So essentially, you know, for me, you know, we were kind of debating like where, you know, what do I do? Do I go into, do I stay here? Do we, do I build a house? Do I move to Florida? You know, what's go to Florida. I know I, it's, 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 it's people are very short memories about Florida, Florida, well, a hurricane comes and okay. Right. Hurricanes for real. Like that's your natural disaster element, which you don't have here, but also Florida, I mean, there's Palm beach and that's always there. You know, there's like Palm beach and there's Naples. Sure. But my, like, and there's Miami, but the rest of Florida is kind of, hmm. It's you need to live in like a gated community. Yeah, see, I don't like that. I don't. Yeah. I don't like like you have like to do this. It's funny because like in Chicago, there's not like I almost feel like there's almost no gated communities. I, I think there's a few in Oak Brook that I've seen, but oh, I, there, oh there's a few. Really? Yeah. I. Yeah. I. It's like I don't miss. I don't. I. I have not noticed them. Like yeah. it's it's kind it's of not crazy. as big here. Whereas in Florida, like everything's a gated community. Yes. Yes. And if you're not in one, it's like not good. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Right, That's right. what I don't like yeah, about Florida. I, it's, it's crazy. It, but... cr it creates this like, it creates this me and them situation, which one thing I love about a city and especially a city like Chicago, there's me and them here. Sure. Like that's going to exist anywhere, but I feel like it's a lot less prevalent. You, right. The place you see it the least is New York. In New York, yeah. it's everybody on the street. Oh yeah. It's very, very, there's, and it's because there's lack of, there's lack of, you know, available uh places there's to live. mass density yeah. mass hyper density, density mass density but there's also like just a lack of place to live there's people that i so i work i luckily you know with my business i i you know we get customer service requests all over the country we're in 145 cities now nice. all over west coast east coast and are um, you outside of the us too um we're going to be in canada nice so nice. that would be our, our our first one but is that with ani um, now with Ani, no? it's a different company. Okay. Um, so essentially we, um, uh, it's interesting cause like, you know, people, you see things, how people live in different markets and how they, you know, for example, in New York, we have clients who have like, like three roommates living in like, you know, 800 square feet. I'm just and like, they're 35 years old. <laughs> It's crazy. It's crazy. You know, like, you know, cause you can, you can see the stuff, you can yeah. see this in, in, inside the system. And, um, you know, whereas if you go to like a different market, you know, you'll have, uh, you know, one bedrooms that run $1,500 a month and you have like 1200 square feet, you have a, you know, fitness center, um, you have so much amenities mm -hmm. and you're only paying $1,500 a month and you're paying four grand or five grand a month in like San Francisco. Yeah. And you have like 500 square feet. And you might get stabbed. It's, it's crazy. So, you know, that's been like the most eye-opening thing. Same thing with um, like we do a lot of um, uh, like concierge services and like the events, activities for residents, fitness classes as part of our program. And what I realized was, you know, the warm places, you know, they their events, if you like look at our, if you go on Elevate Living's Instagram, 
their events are wild. They have a, they have like 12 months a year, perfect weather. They have outdoor events all the time. Like it's people are, I feel like, you know, here the winter, everything closes up a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's why I was kind of like saying like, oh, I kind of want to go to Florida, you know, or somewhere warm. You should be in two places. I mean, why why limit yourself? Yeah. So many I, places I, I, I have been kind of, you know, I have been staying in Chicago and Florida kind of half and half, but but essentially I haven't bought a place, you know, officially. I've been kind of just renting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's essentially that's that's the thing. Like you you see, I start seeing all these things of how residents are living in different markets. And like the events that my team is doing and like, you know, what activities are happening. And you're like, wow, we, we, we can never do that in Chicago or mm-hmm. we can never do that in, in New York. You know, this will only work in like a warm state. It's it's actually very interesting. It's very eye-opening. I'm telling you, go on our Instagram. You might get a little depressed. <laughs> so I, I love what I do, but the biggest downside of what I do is I'm tethered to Chicago. Right. right. I don't like to say I'm rooted here. I am rooted, but I like to think of it as tethered because you can travel, you can get around. But the reality is I need to be here to do what I do. I think right. it's hilarious. There's all these agents that are like global real estate advisor. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's the most right. ridiculous thing. To be thing. really good, you got to- Real estate's the most in. local business there is. Don't say you're a global real estate advisor. It's a joke. Right. But- these guys are like, why well, I work in Florida and I work in California, I work in Chicago. Like, no, you hire lots of people in lots of places and you like present this image. And I get it. Like right. it works if you, you know, if you're on TV, you can do those different things. But I like cold weather. I think it builds character. And I think discipline. It, yes. And it makes you appreciate the warm weather so much. When we had those few breaks, last, like just last week, mm-hmm. right, where the weather was beautiful, everyone's outside. People are like, I'm not working today. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go outside. This may not happen. It's April. This hasn't happened in 138 years or whatever right. it was. <laughs> I'm taking advantage of this. And so I think if you're spoiled with warm weather all the time, while those people might be whiling out during those events, I think they come to their apartment and they're a little sad sometimes. 100%. I think, I think like, you know, uh, what do you, what are you just saying? Everything in moderation and, you know, even moderation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where, you know, I think, yeah, it's kind of like you, you want what you can have and, yes. and, and other people want, you know, the opposite, you know, I've talked to, it's funny cause I actually have some, uh, clients, uh, that work in property management and they're like, you know, they told me like, we want to move to Chicago and they live in Florida. And I'm like, why do you want to, Interesting. you know, Chicago, you know, there's so much stuff happening there. It's a big city. There's things to do. Yeah. There's, and, and I'll tell you this, like, I, I do love Chicago. I do love Chicago. Um, it's, it's a really nice city. It's clean. It like downtown, it, it is safe. Uh, I think it's safe, uh, for the most part, there's outliers, there's yeah. outliers, but, but I think, I think all the crime for the most part happens like south of the city or on the west side of the city. It's not really downtown. It, you hear about it on the news when it does happen once in a while, but for the most have, part. Have you ever experienced it? Oh, let me tell you about my story. Okay. You want to hear this? I do. For real? Yeah. Okay. So I got carjacked and, okay. and pistol whipped. You're too pretty. What do you mean? I, I'll tell you the story. So I, 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 uh, I was buying a new car. This is in 2021 and it was a car shortage. Remember the car shortage? Yeah, you have absolutely. to wait like, so I ordered a new car. I finally found this broker. I'm like, this broker's like, I can get you the car you want. It was a Mercedes, like the AMG, like the, the SUV. Right. Okay. And, uh, every the place, the GLE, the GLE, AMG, okay. yeah. yeah. And those, those are, those look beefy. They are, but it's 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 a good, it's a nice big car, you know. Without being too big, that's yeah, what I like, like the G wagon. It's good for the city. The G wagon is nice, but it's it's too 
beefy. You yeah, know, agree. And it's a toaster. It's yeah, a moving the toaster. GLE is just like a. It's a nice SUV. It's it's good if you want to add a little gas, get around somebody. It does that, but it's also like a nice kind of classic car. Do you get over the six thousand pounds with that too for the tax write off? Um, I don't know if it did or not. I don't think it, I don't think that one crossed six thousand. Okay. Um, I think the GLS does. Okay. GLS and then the G wagon. Okay. But there was a twelve month wait on some of these cars. I found this broker and he's like, I can get you any, you know, any car you want, but in like three, four months. And I said, okay. So, you know, at the time cars were also going for like 20,000 over 10,000 over. Sometimes 20%. And for me, I'm like a principles guy. So I can't, I, I can't do it. Yeah. I, like if it's over the MSRP, I can't do it. So this broker's like, I can get it to you at MSRP and I can get it in like three, four months. Cause he had like connections with, I, all I had to do was pay him a commission. It was like, okay. it was like a thousand bucks. Done. So I mean, I was like, okay, yeah, it's fine. It's a fee. So I, he got me this car from Ohio, in the middle of nowhere, somewhere in Ohio and brand new 2022, waited for four months. I get the call from the truck cause it was a truck delivering it. They're like, Hey, we're going to be there later tonight around like eight, 9 PM. So I get out of my, I live in Wicker Park, get out of my car, my pajamas. And uh, I end up walking like a block or two to the main street to meet the truck. I, you know, meet the driver, sign some paperwork. He gets the car off the truck. I um, end up, you know, get into the car, sit down, drive to drive right in front of my place. And where I lived, it was actually kind of crazy, but I had like a playground for kids up to 10 years old. So there was kids there all the time. So there's like, an age limit on it? Yeah, there's an age limit on the playground. So you, if you're over Where? 10, you can't play there. Okay. So it was like it was like a playground for little kids. So there was a lot of like just moms and families there all the time. Mm -hmm. Um so so what I was doing, it wasn't something I I I I haven't done before. So I ended up parking in front of my place and I'm like, let's let's um let's set up my mirrors, let's set up my Bluetooth, let's set up my my seat. You're you know, you're excited about yeah, your super new excited, car, right? So I, I'm in there for, gosh, I would say 10 minutes in my car. I All of a sudden, my my right door in the back opens. by Like it, someone opens it. And I'm like, oh, like, and I look, I look. And there's a gun pointed straight at my head. Like a guy, you know, he's got a hoodie. He's got the mask on. Um, he, you know, he's like, he's like, don't move, don't move. And I, you know. I was already, you know, it's one of those things where you, you, everybody talks about it. Oh, what would you do when you get, what would you do when you get carjacked? Yeah. Um, everybody's got a plan. And the way I always, the way I see it now is like, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah. Right. Because I also had a plan. Right. And that plan's not going to work. Like when you turn around and you have a gun pointing at your head. Yeah. What are you going to do? Whatever and, they tell you to. Exactly. So I was like, in my head, I was like, all right, you know, this guy's going to take my car. It is what it is. I was already, I was like cool with the guy. I was like, look, man, here's, here's the keys. You have two sets of keys. I just, you know, I had everything in the car. I have, I'm like, I have the contract in the back that I just signed. And anyway, this guy, it's funny. He thought I was reaching for something. So I got, so he pistol with me. I mean, you know, he basically crawled up from the back. And, you know, as I was giving him the keys, I kind of reached to my crotch. That's where the keys were. He's like, stop reaching, wax me in the head right here. And um, then I'm like, okay, I'm like, relax. Here's a key. So he like calmed down a little bit. And then he's like, give me your phone, give me your, give me everything. And I didn't have my wallet because I was in my pajamas, right? I didn't yeah. have my wallet. So 
he's like, stop lying to me. Stop lying to me. And at this point, this is where I got a little worried because I felt like I was calming him down the whole time. Because, you know, obviously this guy's got adrenaline. He's running on adrenaline. He's, yeah. you know, he doesn't know if I have a gun. He doesn't know. So I was trying to calm him down, talk very, like, relax. Just let me go. Like, I, you could take the car. Um, but when I told him I don't have my wallet, he started, like, saying, like, stop lying. You mother, you know, mother effort. Yeah. Right? And um, I'm like, look, dude, like, check me. I don't have my wallet. You know, my pajamas. and then he ended up pissed so at me again. And he's like, stop lying. Give me your wallet. I'm like, look, I'm in, I'm in my pajamas. I go, I just got this car off of a truck. I go, there is a contract in the back. I go, if you don't believe me, like, I don't know what else I could tell you. And finally, I think like what I said, got to him and he let me go. Um, That's and, scary. Cause I walk around without my wallet all the time. Yeah, it was, it was, like I said, I lived in Chicago my whole life. I go out like when i was younger back in the back in back in the day i would go out you know you go out to bars you know you walk home i yeah. used to live at north water apartments yeah right by in streeterville yeah. so i'd walk back from all the bars yeah. and the clerk north. east north water yeah, yeah. I, I i would walk back all the time and there's you know there's shady people and nobody ever bothered me right and i was either by myself or with the groups that's never, a strange area too because it kind of it dead ends there right yep. and it's it's always empty Yep. And you're in the middle of the city, kind of. Yep. Really are. Like there's Navy Pier, there's a Ferris wheel, lights all surrounding you. There's yep. Michigan Avenue above you, but it's also empty. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So it's it's you know, I never had any issues. And and I like I said, where I was parked, I've I've done it a million times. And like the one time I got my brand new car that I waited for for four months, someone comes in, steals it within 10 minutes of me having it. Um but yeah, you know, I ended up getting it back. Like, it was kind of funny. Like, I'm what sorry. happened? Yeah. So what happened was um, the, so I, you know, I, I went inside, called the cops. My, my wife, luckily she has, she had an iPhone and, you know, I'm like a big, I'm like very like crazy. So as soon as I buy a new toy, I always want to like set up my app. So I set up the app on both of our phones. Thank God. Um, before I picked the car up. Right. You can wow. do it like with the ID remotely, I guess, somehow. So I ended up, I ran straight into my apartment. I didn't have my keys because this guy, you like, wife, wife. So wife. I'm like, I'm like, boom, boom, boom. And, you know, she thought I, I, you know, she, she opened the door. I'm like, I got carjacked. The car's gone. She's like, you're lying. She's like, started laughing. And I'm like, no. Like, look at my head. <laughs> I go, well, there was no bump. Like, okay. you know, for, you couldn't really see it. But essentially, like, it was one of those things where, you know, I'm like telling her, I'm like, I'm not kidding. Like, and finally she like, okay, like, he's not kidding. I'm like, give me your phone right now. You know, I had my adrenaline when I like got out. I was like ready to go. I'm like, I need to get like my my shotgun like, <laughs> you know, like, like i'm ready to go like i want to get and i track this guy dude i actually i actually i were you, the phone were you like give me your keys i'm gonna get your car i'm gonna find this guy what would you do so imagine this imagine okay imagine so my where i lived in wicker park it was a it was a uh uh it was three units what's the address like intersection uh chicago and uh Walcott. That's not Wicker Park. The difference. Ukrainian village. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So essentially, um, I it was a triplex, and I had like the bottom floor. It was like a duplex down uh -huh. with the garage and all uh -huh. that. And the only way you can get inside my my place was either through the side door that goes to all the units, mm -hmm. or 
you would have to like jump onto my deck. And my deck was a, probably like, it was a front deck or back deck? Back deck. Okay. And there was a, the deck was raced. There was no way to enter it yeah. from the back. Yeah. It was like a private. Yes. You couldn't get up there. That's a good, I like that for just that reason. Oh, yeah. No one can walk up oh, there. Oh, yeah. But it, it was like, you know, my, there's like a barrier, right? Like a handle. So like it had a wall. So we had about, I don't know, eight feet, eight feet, nine feet high. You can't imagine how fast I caught, I, I got up there. Yeah. I couldn't even believe it. Like I, did like a jump where I just grabbed the top of it, did like a muscle up <laughs> and I just, whoop, it was like, it was like two seconds. And it was cause of the adrenaline, you know, I just didn't feel anything. And um, I got in there, started knocking on the door. She gave me the phone. Then I literally jumped off the deck. So I, I, I got my phone, jumped off the deck. I ran back to see if the guy was still there, but he, he was like already yeah. driving away. Um, I may have had something with me. Okay. <laughs> but, but, um, anyway, I, he got away and, uh, you know, that was, that was it. But, you know, I'm surprised he stole that car because, you know, whoever stole was just not really smart because it has a GPS. I don't think any of these guys stealing these cars. Realize it, it, that. I think they're joyriding or they're trying to get it quick was a, money. It was a joyride and I can tell you exactly what they were doing. I had everything in my Jeep, in my Mercedes app. They, you know, they went, they did 80 miles between 11 PM and 5 AM. They drove 80 miles all over downtown and Chicago and the burbs. Um, they had Dropping my, off they were, up they were smoking something in it because my sunroof was open at one point. Okay. You could see all that in the app. You could see what they were doing. Wait, you can see when someone opens your sunroof? Everything. That's I see, awesome. I can see which windows were open. That's really cool. Sunroof. I didn't know that. Yeah. Shout out to Mercedes, right? Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, the only thing that sucked was I couldn't remote remotely shut it down. That was like the one thing that I'm like, how is this not, I had a button that says shut off engine. Yeah. And it wouldn't let me click it. You know, and, and here's the crazy huh. part, the police, right? Let's talk about the police. Cause this, this is where I got really annoyed. Right. Cause I, I feel like this is, and I actually, I can go full circle with the story because two weeks ago, I just got like my final like conclusion to this. So I called the police, the police showed up one hour later and I'm like, Hey guys, here's my GPS. I know exactly where they are right now. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go get it. Right. Like, yeah. You'd imagine they're down to go. They're like, no, we can't go. We're going to get like a detective on what? it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what do you mean you guys can't go? I'm like, I know where the car is. Let's just hop in your car. That's what I thought was going to happen. Right? I, my mind's blown right yeah. now. Yeah. Like you'd imagine like you have a GPS, like you can track them real you, time. You think they'd be like, let's go right now. Yeah. Or even like, get in the back seat. Or even like, hey, you know what? We can't take you. Yeah. Well, give us your phone. Yeah. And we'll, we'll go take care of it. They, they're like, no, we can't. And I said, okay, well, what do I do? They're like, well, we have a detective on it and they're going to call you with updates. And I, so then I started asking the, cause I'm like, again, I'm very OCD and I'm like, so what is the typical timeline look like? And they're like, well, most people that get carjacked, they get their car back within, you know, five to seven days. And I'm like, so you're telling me. Oh, oh, and then the, the, here's the, here, container here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. I said, so what do I'm like, what so what do they do? These carjackers, what do they do during those five to seven days? Well, they're gonna use your car to rob other people, they're gonna do crimes with it, they're gonna do theft, they're gonna steal things. And I'm like, oh my god, my brand new car, right? Like they're gonna rob other people with it, they're gonna 
destroy it probably. They're going to do stupid things, right? And I, the next day, I had like four or five demos with clients, like big developers and like probably manager companies. And I was just like, I'm canceling everything. I emailed them. I said, hey, meeting's canceled. Sorry, something happened. My mission was to get my car back yeah. the next day. I love this. And I spent, I woke up at 5 a.m., skipped the gym that day, basically started calling 911. I'm like, hey, they're here, go get it. And they're like, oh, we have a detective that's going to come, blah, blah, blah. I would bug them every 30 minutes. I figured if I keep bugging them and updating like the, where, the whereabouts and all that, they're going to finally give in. And I ended up telling them like, hey, guys, if you guys don't go, I'm going to go myself, right? And that's the turning point. So anybody who gets carjacked, like, you know, that's what you have to tell me. You have to say, I know the GPS. I'm going there with people and we're going to get it back. They, they're worried about your safety. So what ended up happening was after that, they were like, I got a private call from like an unknown number. And the guy's like, hey, you don't go down here. Just tell me where to go. And I guided him where to go. And they got my car like, like two hours later. So it was that quick, but you need to, you need to tell them that I'm going to go do it myself. You know, then there, I think there's like a liability potential thing for them. Yeah, totally. Possibly. Totally. You open the door for liability for them. That's exactly what it is. Cause the car is an insurance item, right? Yeah. They're like, whatever it's property. He has insurance. Did you even have insurance? I had insurance. Okay, good, luckily. good. And I called my agent. Yeah. So imagine this, the day before, I'm like, hey, let's activate the insurance, yeah. right? And most people wouldn't do that. Yeah. Most people activate the insurance like a week later, two weeks later. So I got lucky, but I called my agent and the next day I got, you know, carjacked. And she's like, so you, you're telling me <laughs> you just called me yesterday to set up insurance and your car is already stolen. I'm like, yeah, pretty much. I, I had a <laughs> she similar, couldn't believe it. I had a similar thing happen once. I had my car broken into and I had just got a new insurance policy and it's yep. got watches on it and different things. And this is a true story. I had, I take off my watches sometimes, right? Well, I'm in the car and I'm just driving and I had two watches in the car and they were like, you're telling me you had two watches in your car when it was broken into. Right. Really? You want us to, re and like, they gave me such a hard time about really? it. Really? Yeah. Cause it's the same thing. Like I just got the policy and I just put all the property on there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I think people need to get, get insurance before you, you know, buy whatever you have, your property yes. you have, yeah. like, you know, because you know, they, they, if I didn't have insurance, which I, I have friends, I talk to friends. I'm like, they're like, kind of like, I get my insurance like a few days after I get my car usually. And I'm like, yeah, I know you would have been liable. I got a car for the first time in eight or nine years. I was Ubering everywhere until then. And I still prefer that, but that's a different story. But um, I got my insurance beforehand for the same thing. So I was so worried. I was like, what if I'm driving home right. and, and that happens? But you know, when I bought it, they wouldn't, I'm coming to think about this. When I bought it, they wouldn't, they asked for my insurance. Yep. So I wonder if they would have let me leave if I didn't have it. I wonder what that would have looked like, or they would try to sell me something on the spot, probably. Probably try to sell you on the spot. Um, but, you know, if they did check your insurance, that's a good thing. You know, yeah. that, that thing that's like it's a good a, fail safe. Yeah, it's a good fail safe because it, it protects, you know, maybe them too, potentially. I think so. You know, where they're like, oh, someone stole my car as soon as they left your lot. They, ch they check your license too. They won't let you drive without a license. And right. I didn't have my physical license. All I had was a picture. I know they didn't, like, for me, they didn't check. Like, okay. I, for yeah, because you were dealing with the broker. It was all getting off the broker. Truck. It was all through email. There was no, they didn't ask me if I have insurance. They didn't ask anything. But here's the hard part. Try getting that car out of the police impound. So, like... They, I, they, the detectives like, hey, we're gonna 
because the car, I know keys, right? So the detective's like, hey, we're going to like hold this car for you. Like it's not going to cost you anything to our impound, like in uh, Calumet, Illinois. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. So bad idea. I don't know why I did that. I should have just paid uh, and got my own tow truck. But what they, to get it out of there, they're like, we need this and this and this. We need a city sticker. We need this. And I'm like, guys, I don't have any of these things because I, the car, I just, I didn't, I just got it. Yeah. I was, I have all the paperwork in the, in the car. They took all my paperwork. They took my license plate. I didn't know anything. The cop or the robber? The robber. They took everything. Everything that was important information was in that car inside a folder. Um, you know, so I didn't have a city sticker. I didn't have any of these things that they were asking me for. And like, when you're at an impound, they're they're very by the book. You need to have these, you know, these four things. Yeah. And I I was missing like one or two of them. And I just couldn't get them because I didn't have them anymore. You know, like it just, I never either set it up. just got the car. I never, I never set it up. Yeah. I never got like a city sticker. Um, so it's like, that's another, scam. they were basically trying, they wouldn't give me my car back. Um, I ended up just standing there. I'm very like, I don't give up. So I just stood there and I kept bothering them for, I think I was there for like three and a half hours. And I just kept saying, like, look, guys, like, I'm not leaving here until you guys gave me my car. I gave you all the information. Here's the purchase agreements because I got it from my email. Mm -hmm. I had them send me everything they could. Um, and finally, the supervisor that was sitting in the back for the whole time, she comes up. She goes, all right, I'm going to approve this. And she approved it. And I got my car. But it was, like, crazy. Like, they told me, like, they wouldn't want to give my car back. It's crazy. <laughs> like that. So that's Chicago. Like, you know, the police situation, I just got, I got rubbed the wrong way, but so here's a full circle now. So, um, they, the detective called me, they're like, Hey, we're going to get like fingerprints from your car. I said, okay, it's fine. Perfect. Um, one year later, okay, <laughs> one year later, I get a call. Connor, we have somebody, right? We have, the suspect matches the fingerprints, you know, everything matches up. And, um, you know, we want to, you want you to come to the police station to, you know, choose from a bunch of photos and see if it's, if you can identify the guy. Now, mind you, the guy had a hoodie on, he had a face mask. This was a year ago. And I'm like, Hey, is this guy like a young guy? Like, do you know how tall he is? They couldn't tell me anything. Right. They're like, we can't say you yeah. have to like be recorded. It was like a whole process. They record you. They give you like very specific instructions because it has to be like legally, I guess, admissible. Mm -hmm. So they showed me, I think it was like six or eight photos of, of, of uh, guys. And they said, all these guys are carjackers. And all you got to do is choose the one that, you know, you think carjacked you. Now, the eyes, that's what I was going off of. So I'm like telling, I'm like asking them, like, can you give me like the height of these guys? Because I know like off the height and like their stature and like their weight. How do you know the height he was sitting down? Um, how he crawled through the back. He was shorter than me. He was, a, he was short. He was, he was like a, a tall person wouldn't have been able to do what he did. That's what I, so when you said that, I was like, I could never do that. He was like a, it was, it was kind of crazy. Like he crawled with one arm, like a spider while he was, holding the gun yeah. at the same time. And, and he basically just crawled like into the, it was, it was pretty impressive. Like someone with long limbs, <laughs> like anything over five, nine, you just wouldn't be able to do it. Like I'm telling you. So, and this guy was like very skinny, uh, very young, 16, 
maybe 17. They couldn't tell me the age, which was, that was not great. They couldn't tell me the height. They couldn't tell me the weight. They couldn't tell me anything really. Just, I saw their faces. Um, so I was between two guys and I'm like, I'm telling them, I'm like, it's one of these two guys, 100%, 100% I told them. And I'm like, can you guys, can I choose two? And <laughs> the guy's like, you gotta choose one. So I basically went eeny, meeny, miny, right? And I ended up choosing the guy that it wasn't. But it's funny because I asked them, I said, who was it? It was the other guy. The guy, like the detectives, they want you to choose the right guy. Yeah. Because then they have a case. And they were so disappointed when I chose the other guy. The fingerprints aren't enough? It's crazy. They can't do anything. So anyway, so I left the station because I chose the wrong guy. The guy's back on the street. Isn't that crazy? So that's that's why everybody's getting carjacked because there's no there's there's literally zero um, repercussions. Um, you'll just get let out back on the street. You have no charges pressed against you, so you have nothing on your record. Yeah, you have nothing. You're, like you can you can walk up to somebody with a gun, take their take their car, and you know let's just say you get arrested for it. Your fingerprints were in the car. They have all the fingerprints, but if this person fails to identify you in a lineup. No charges against you, you know, and that's what's happening with a lot of people. I think that we're getting car dropped. Um, they're just not able to prosecute. That's a wild story. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So elevated carjacking. Elevated carjacking. Yeah. So you know, back to elevated living. Yeah. I really like your name. Let me tell you why. Because you're offering an elevated product, as in maybe a higher echelon. Mm -hmm. You're in high rises, so you're yeah. elevated. I love it. It's very smart. Yeah, the the plan was we wanted to have something very general that would work in real estate, and it's um, you know we we always wanted to white label, so we wanted to do something something that like fits really well with someone else's brand. So if, you know whether it's Ani Old Town Park uh, where you live, you know if you saw Ele Old Town Park as a logo and then you saw Elevated Living, you you might not think that Elevated Living is like like an Uber. Mm -hmm. or a lift you know what i mean it's not like an iconic very like strong you're not trying to be face. the dominant brand you're I'm trying not. to sit in the back let the main brand take shine yes exactly yeah. and that and that was my goal and uh you know it was a i you know i'm glad you like the name yeah. uh you know i well, it makes sense sometimes you see these names you know and how so i got corny. you know how i got the instagram no so as it, soon as i bought the domain on the, the website was it available it wasn't. It was uh, there was a person in New York that owned it. What it cost you? I paid a thousand bucks. But imagine this. It was it was like a one of those things where I had to, it was like a very fast type of thing. So I was a broker. Or did you go direct to the person? No, I found there's there's a website. Who is? Like, yeah, who is? Mm -hmm. Oh, you know it. Yeah. Always. Yeah. So I own like a hundred. I went on. You have a hundred domains. Like hundred domains. Yeah, I have. I have probably the same amount. Yeah. <laughs> so essentially, um, I went on the who is found the actual owner because they didn't have privacy on. So I called her cell phone and I'm like, hey, I'm, I want this website. Are you using it? She's like, no, um, but, in, but she's like, there's two people trying to buy it from me right now. And we don't know how to transfer it. And I'm like, look, how much are they offering? She's like $800. I'm like, I'll give you a thousand and I'll help you do it right now on the phone. And so I'm like, go on your, you know, go on Google, go here, go yeah. there. Where'd she have it parked? I paid her. Uh, I think she had a GoDaddy. Easy. Yep. And I paid her through PayPal. I just, she sounded trustworthy. I probably shouldn't have done it, but I paid her upfront with yeah. no, like, no. If you didn't do it, you might not have gotten it. 
Yeah, I, exactly. Because those other those two people trying to get it as well. So I ended up paying her through PayPal. She's like, I got the money. I'm like, okay, great. You know, click. She was a little older, you know, so I I felt like I could trust her. And yeah. so she ended up transferring it to me. I got it. Then the next goal was getting the Instagram. Um, I never got the Facebook, unfortunately, but the Instagram I got. This is actually a funny story. It was a, uh, it was like a, it was like a, like a guy in Colorado in Denver, who was like ten, and he smokes weed, all the time, and 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 it was wait, there's a ten year old smoking weed in Colorado. It was buying the, up Instagram handles. He or, was, or just, he was okay. I don't know if he was 10, 12, 13, 14, but he was in that ten to fourteen year old, Okay, and he was a skateboarder, and he had pictures of buds. All over his Instagram. So, like, imagine like elevated Lily's Instagram. I, I wish I had a screenshot of this just so I could show people. That'd be great. Because they don't believe me. His whole, all of his posts were pictures of marijuana buds. And then occasionally you get like a skateboard in the background somewhere, right? So I DM the guy. I go, hey, man, I go, I want your uh, Instagram like profile. Would you sell it to me? He's like, I'm like, how much would you want? So, 50 bucks. <laughs> and, 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 and now, so, so in my head, I'm like, okay, this guy's, this guy's going to scam me. Right. Yeah. But I was like, you know, it's 50 bucks. What do you, you know? What do I have to lose? So I, he's like, Ben will me 50 bucks. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to lose this money for sure. I Ben will it to the guy to the guy transferred it to me. I was, you know, what's really interesting about that PayPal for the older person, Venmo for the younger person, yeah. both owned by the same company. Exactly. But you got it. And yeah, you got to control PayPal. They control everything, yeah. <laughs> but it, but it's funny because the guy sent it to me and I was like, oh my god, like this guy is like so honest over here. I thought I was going to get scammed a hundred percent, so I ended up getting it. And you know, Facebook didn't work out. I actually like it's hard to figure out who owns Facebook pages. Yeah, if they don't respond, you're SOL, right? Yeah, um, and then the Facebook you don't page, have to register anything. Well, they they didn't even have it. I don't think it even existed, but it was it was said it was taken. But it wasn't showing up. It was like a private page or something. So if you if you get it once and then you try and change it, then that's gone. Right. So I've had domain, I've had um, Facebook <laughs> handles that I think I closed them, but yep. you still can't get them today. Like there's the light. I don't know how, if there's if it's twelve years or twelve months or whatever it is where it finally refreshes. Yeah. But if you cancel that account, you can't get it's it. It's in the that. system. It's in the system taken. Yeah. So because it probably logs as an account, like a user for them. Probably, probably, and 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 so and you can't even recover those sometimes yeah. either. Um, I had an issue where I couldn't recover an Instagram account. You know, they just they just inactivate. I'm like, this is crazy. Like, and I, it's because I had like an old Hotmail, and it was it was sending me through like a loop. Mm -hmm. You know, where it's like talk to an agent, and the agent's like, well, what's your birth date? And back in the day, to make an email, you needed to be over a certain age. Oh yeah. So everybody faked their like. Imagine yeah. when you were like twelve or ten, you know, and, and to make an email, you needed to be a certain age for some services. So you would fake your email, like your birth date, right? So when the when they asked you for the security question, when were you born? It was never accurate for me because I always had. Oh, so you didn't remember it because they, they asked you? Yeah, hot. I mean, ima imagine like the yeah. first emails that came out, like I hot mail. I still do that today. I never put in my right my correct information. Really? Yeah. I mean, I do for my main one. I guess, no, but why? Yeah, you're right. It's you're weird. Right. You know, you know, they, collecting they, they that know data. Everything. Where they are they know, selling? Yeah, it? They, they know everything. I don't want to make it easier. They know everything over there. Um, but yeah, it, you know, that's that's how I got the name. So it's a, it's a, it's a good name, and uh, you know, I it's one of those things where um, I think the name matters because my first business. The name matters. The first sure. business, I, I it was a it was it had like the word shy inside, like Chicago. Uh -huh. 
bad idea. That's not scalable. Like anybody who's listening to this, uh, don't put the name of the city of your business in the domain yeah. or <laughs> or the business LLC name. My domain is chicagorealestate.io. Just putting that out there. Wait, is, is yours really? Well, but you, what, what did you say earlier? I, you said you were I'm you're here. tied here. I'm here. This is your specialty, right. right? So, and for SEO, Chicago real estate. Yeah. So for you, it's different because you're only here. You're not trying yeah. to go to Florida. No. You're not trying to go. No, no You're also not trying to go into other, like you're, if you. Well, and I have all those. What if you wanted to offer housekeeping and you wanted to offer all these other services? Like, you know, then you might, you might be in trouble, yeah. right? But if you're only doing real estate in Chicago and that's your main objective, then you're fine. Yeah. Which my, I like my business, which was the services, you know, as I grew in Chicago, next up was you expand. You need to be everywhere. Yeah. So my name limited our, our name, our initial name limited us. Um, so elevated living is just very general. They say, if you're going to, if you're going to create a company, you want it to be as broad and general as possible. Yeah. And I, th I believe it's at properties at properties. Their LLC is at world properties. Yeah. Right. It's like, yeah. think big. Why not? Yeah. You have, you have to, cause then you, you never know where the company's going to go. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, if you commit like with your business, like you're committed. Yeah. So you, you don't, for better, or for worse, you don't want to mm -hmm. lose. You want to win, right? Yeah. Like you want to make sure that you keep growing, 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 um, you know, doing more deals and you know, you're, you're eventually going to get, you might get to a point where you're like, Shit, I want I want to I want to go international. <laughs> yeah. And and you might need to change it potentially. But yeah. if as long as you want to stay in Chicago, then you know, I think it's perfect with SEO. The the brand name we run with is Graft, just Graft. Okay. And but for SEO purposes, website Chicago Real Estate. Do you, do you, do you do anything for SEO? Like to I used to do more. I need to do more. But our video so if you just Google Chicago Real Estate, you usually find our videos. Good. Yeah. Yeah, YouTube videos are good. Do you YouTube, do YouTube? Video, we have over two years. What so, you, it's over two hundred. I'll give you an example. Um, I was looking uh, in uh, Florida, right, of like where to live, mm -hmm. and I was at the gym one time. I'm just on a treadmill walking. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna multitask. So I went on YouTube, typed in like top recommended like you know places to live in Florida or communities to yeah. live in, and I'm telling you now, like. That's, it's nice to, like, if you don't know a realtor down there and you're looking for one, uh, or if someone doesn't know somebody, right, you want to get someone that matches your vibe. Totally. At least for me, right? Like, I always know, say, I want someone who wants to work with me. That's exactly. my, my perfect client. Someone who wants to work with me. Yeah. Not who someone knows, who like, just got, like, someone clicked a button, now they're talking. Yeah, to like, them. you have, like, a certain style. Yes. Like, you do things a certain way. You like certain restaurants. Like, you want to get someone who's very similar to you because then they could recommend where to live or what to do. You're or... going to jive. You're going to vibe. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, in in Florida, like, you just go to, like, one of those Redfin. Florida you know, has a lot of you don't, you don't know who you're getting. And and you don't know what their vibe is, what their style, what they like. It might not be the same thing that you like. And, and they're going to push you to choosing an... it for you. Yeah. I want to choose. Are. No matter what I'm doing in life, I want the choice. Yeah. All the aggregator sites, Zillow, Redfin, those always crack me up. Because I'm like, you're letting an algorithm or a machine choose the agent who's willing to pay the most to get your information, which means they're going to pay whoever works for them the least yep. so they can have the largest spread. Of course. And that's the business model of agents who pay for Zillow leads or are, are in Redfin. Yeah, you, you just get random people yes. right, at the end of the day. And, and it's not custom tailored to you versus if you have somebody, you know, someone like you. Yeah. where It's like going to a restaurant and being like, just give me whatever you you like. Yeah. Yeah, who would it's, ever do that? Like anything in services, right? Like everybody's, everybody's like, oh, I got my own housekeeper. Like I, I rely on, I have my own trainer. I have my own realtor. Like yeah. you want to have your 
your person. Agreed. Um, you know, it's a very, it is a very individualized um, business custom. You know, there's a lot of things that go into it. Um, you know, I know we deal with services all the time and people always are like, oh, can I have the same housekeeper come again? Can I have the same trainer? Can I have the same dog well, walker? I mean, I have a housekeeper. And so once you have the housekeeper that does a good job, because they do diff people clean differently, right? Right. I even have a checklist of all the things I like done, but I feel- You have too a checklist? Absolutely. Dang. Absolutely. I have a checklist. That's crazy. Well, I mean, homes are my thing. I know how a home should be well, cleaned. I'm is it for your home? It's for anyone's home who wants it. Like, you want okay. the checklist? Ask me. I'll give it to you. But I'm also <laughs> half Polish, and my mom was a cleaning lady. Oh, so yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I, I, I enjoy cleaning. It's therapeutic, but I don't like doing it. Right. But I know exactly what needs to be cleaned and how. Yeah. You could, you could tell. You know, you, you, like when you walk into a place and it's not clean, you know, to the T, you can tell. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. I Look all my housekeepers like i gotta give them props because it's like it's 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 a tough job yeah you know we have right now we have probably over 100 how do you do the hiring um so you know we have two parts to our business there's like the software part and i call the software part the easy part i agreed software runs itself like reserving you know managing a many reservation work orders yeah. maintenance requests well, once you have that once you have that written done it's, you're maintaining. Yeah, the code it's 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 flawless. It yeah. can make a mistake, you know. Um, services, and this is why, like, you know, going back to my point earlier, like, there's a lot of competitors that do either the services or the software. Not many do both because software companies they don't want to be viewed as service companies because their valuation is going to tank. They can't raise money, yeah. you know, things like that. So we kind of do both, and the way we do the services is, you know, we basically run. Um, so we built a platform that has like a booking system plus a property manager app. So we are, we have like full control over like the hiring. So like I have people that do the hiring, we onboard them into our platform. And then, and then essentially you can, you know, you can book a housekeeper, you can book um, a trainer um, and then we, we manage all of it. So all the payroll goes through us, um, you know. Are those people employees? It depends. So we have a mix. We have some that are employees, some that are contractors. It just depends on... Employees seem like too much. Well, it depends. So like, for example, in Chicago, which is our first market, my goal... So my goal is always density. So I need density. Yeah. And, uh, you know, originally my plan was that I was only going to do elevated living in Chicago. And I, at a point, I had to play 120 buildings just in Chicago within a two-mile radius. So what does Amazon do? Amazon builds these big warehouses and they do all the distribution shipping right if if they are not getting a lot of density and volume the business doesn't work yeah right so their distribution centers are very like near big cities usually so same thing our, our business works the same way so in chicago I, I have more employees because i have you know one housekeeper can be hopping around to five different buildings within maybe half a mile of each other yeah um, so when we started scaling to other cities, I knew it was like a big undertaking because I would have to replicate that Amazon model where we are basically building, it's like a big, it's an investment up front because mm -hmm. I would have to hire more people up front to, you know, if we had one building in one city. You have to have it before someone requests it. Exactly. When someone hits that button, I want my place clean so, tomorrow. You can't be like, oh, let's go find the person. Yeah. So two years ago, it was brutal because that's, those are the years when I was making the investments. And at the same time, the pandemic was happening, you know? So it was kind of like- And everyone's talking about leaving cities. I bet you got nervous. It was interesting. It was an interesting time, but like we pivoted, you know, we were, you know, we, we were very like, like we have a lot of revenue streams in elevated living and we were very, um, 
fortunate that um, you know some of the revenue streams went down, some of them increased. So it kind of balanced it out, and we we didn't really take a hit. Good. But um, you know, essentially, we we made a big investment in these new markets, and like now we're at a point where the last I would say twelve months. You know, we have at least 10, 15, 20 buildings in each of these new markets, mm-hmm. um, at least the big ones. Like if you look at the top 20 in the U.S., we're like very well set up. Like, and we're getting to the point where like other properties are like, oh, what's elevated living? What's this? How do we get this? You know, and and the more properties we add to the system, the better it gets with the services, the customer service, right? Like, because if someone gets sick, right? And let's just say they have a whole schedule of cleans. If you only have one cleaner, right, or whatever it is, dog walker, guess what? Someone's dog is not getting walked yeah. that day, right? But if you have more density and you have multiple walkers and someone calls off work, gets sick, hey, can you pick up an extra shift? Done. They do it. Right? happy to do it, too. Yeah, and, 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 and that's what I'm saying. So, you know, my goal right now is we need as much density as possible. So, you know, we're really kind of, um, you know, doing like a very – we're focusing on like a land grab, you know, how can we get elevated living into as many properties as possible because it's ultimately going to improve the experience for residents, the experience for the, for the landlords the managers. Um, and it's going to, you know, you know, become more profitable for us as well. Right. So there's a few moving parts there, but yeah, we, you know, we hire everybody in house. So are you thinking about an exit strategy? Possibly. Um, you know, my, my goal right now is um, I want to become the biggest and the best platform. Um, and there's there's definitely like a few players, but they like I said, they all do like, I have competitors that only do services, only do the software. And I feel, and even like, for example, access control is a good example. Access control companies that only did at like door opening you know, they're also kind of going into the resident engagement. So they're all kind of going to where we're in, the, in that same space. They all want to control the main app mm-hmm. that the residents use, I guess, right? So- well, what you did was very difficult. Yeah. Like, that's a very services. hard- Services. The services are the most difficult. Well, but I think the undertaking of tying all the apps together, that's intimidating for someone who's standing on the outside. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a very, I'll tell you this, it's a very sticky business. It's, it's a very, to get into the business- it's almost like you have to pay a gatekeeper because there there is like have you heard of Yardy yeah. right Yardy, Entrada, Real Page all yeah. these all these are the gatekeepers because they are like the main they have the main platform they're the main platform every building is using those on the back yeah those are the accounting systems that's how they you know they pay out their investors mm-hmm. so you have to like whatever app you roll out whatever service you roll out has to connect to that system and guess what to connect to that system right off the bat you're paying a hundred thousand dollars a year in annual fees to these big companies just for them to give you access. Oh, so you have to pay them for the API? $100,000 a year plus. And then you got to develop it and, and maintain it. So, Those are public companies too. Yeah. So you have to basically, not only do you have to pay them an annual fee of hundreds of thousands of dollars, you also have to have a team of developers that you hire in-house to update the API, ma- maintain it so there's no interruptions yeah. to the residents, to the management team. So it that is that's the gatekeeper. So it's very hard, I think, to get into this business because of those gatekeepers, those big those big PM PM uh, uh, property management software companies, and their legacy. These things are yeah. they've been around for so long. When you use the right right word, sticky too, because once someone has you, they're not going to want to leave. 
leaving. Yeah, it's gonna be so painful. If they're using our app to open doors and they're using our app to um, you know do events, the property, do services, and the residents like the services, it's very hard, you know, to get rid of that, especially because there's so many things interconnected to mm-hmm. it. Um, so it is a sticky business. Um, but like I said, you know, there's there's definitely competitors like going back to like the exit strategy, you know. My goal right now is I'm not planning for an exit anytime soon. My goal right now is you see a lot more canvas. Yeah, there's a lot more canvas. Um, You know, we have uh, we have a lot of buildings, but when you look at like the total number of units that are getting built right now, um, just under construction, it's insane. Yeah, and I'm like, wow, like we're I feel like we're just touching the tip of the iceberg. And what happens is a lot of times that these companies that do a really good job, like I had one competitor that. You know, I feel like they they were kind of going into my space a little bit. Um, they had an app, but they didn't do like the services, but they were like a really, I would say like a really solid competitor. You know, I respect good competition yeah. because it, it makes you better. It makes you work harder. Yeah. I love when I when I see a realtor who's good, it makes me feel good. Because yeah. I hate You're this, on your game. Yes. And I and I feel like, especially for realtors, because it's a low barrier to entry, you see more bad than good. Yep. And you see people who give us a bad name. You're like, oh man, this person. When you meet someone who's great, you're like, damn, I want to be like that person. And exactly. that's, and I think I've gotten better over my career because of that. Cause you see good people, you're like, oh, that was smart what they did. You're like, oh, his assistant sent this out. That's a nice, let's cut, let's, let's uh, R and D that. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Rip, rip off and yeah. duplicate. Rip off and duplicate. Yeah. So essentially, like, you know, I had this one competitor where they sold and I feel like they sold too early. Mm-hmm. There was actually two of them. One of them sold 30 million bucks, uh, another one sold for a hundred. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, I think they, they, they sold themselves short, you know, because if they kept going, um, you know, I think, I think it's really easy to be like, oh, I'm going to get a million bucks or 2 million bucks or 3 million bucks. And my life's going to change. Um, you know, and same thing with like raising money. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to raise money from venture capital. And little do the people, most people know is that now you need to either a grow exponentially fast at their, at their pace that they set. Um, you have to, you know, you can't implement certain services or things that they don't want you to implement. Yeah. Right. So like, for example, a lot of my venture back comps, they can't do services because if they did, it would lower their valuation. Are you, do you, are you hundred percent owner? Um, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. So I basically, I have a, and I'll just say this, I sold some secondary shares okay. of, of my, of my stock. So essentially, um, I, uh, didn't raise money in terms of like, uh, Hey, the money goes to the business. I ended up pulling some money out personally, privately. Yeah. Um, that's smart. You have to do that at sometimes. Yeah. So when people aren't being paid, they feel the pressure to take something like VC or private equity money because they want to actually do something. Yeah. They've been working on this, working on this. They want to have the Mercedes eventually. So in my case, it was like, you know, to give you like a little background, right? Like I, I was bootstrapping the business. Uh, what I had my first business for like four or five years. Then we bootstrapped. I basically built our app with funds from profits. So, you know, I pay myself a salary of like, you know, 70, 80,000 a year, right. Uh, back in the day and everything else, I'd be like, let's reinvest, let's build an app. Let's, you know, keep growing the business. Let's do more. And, you know, after a while you get kind of like, okay, like our business had all this cash flow, you know, last few months, do I pull it out? Do I, you know, buy something crazy? It's fun looking at that, isn't it? Right. And, or do I, you know, do I 
reinvest. And, you know, I'm very disciplined, I think, at least I, I, I tend to think, um, and I was doing it for a long time. And, you know, when the pandemic happened, I realized that, you know, I'm not invincible. The elevated living is not invincible. Like anything can happen anytime. And, you know, I took some chips off the table, right? Like, you know, we didn't need the money from like a funding standpoint. It was more like direct to me. Um, and that's what I did. So, you know, instead of saying, you know, every month I'm thinking, do I put the money in, you know, in the business or take it out every month now? And I'm glad I did the deal, to be honest, because I'm at a point where money for me, I'm good, right? Like I'm good. I did a deal. I basically got a really great deal uh, with my, you know, investor and now my business partner. He's older than me. He knows things that I don't know. Um, you know, he comes from more of like a hedge fund finance background. Um, you know, I'm more of like an operator, marketing, sales background. Um, so it's like a perfect fit because when I don't know something, I go to him and, you know, it's he's older and he's just got experience in it. You know, he's bought and sold companies, five or six companies. And I think his biggest sale is like to Goldman Sachs for 250 million. Okay. So that's the guy. Good company. That's the guy. Yeah, it's a good company, right? Like that's what I like to think. So I did. I had a really good deal with the guy, and I'm happy. So like for me, my goal right now is like you know when you ask me about the exit, I already kind of got my exit in a sense when I did that deal with him. Um, so my goal right now is just how can I grow the business and become literally the best platform, the best system? Because money for me right now is not really a concern. Uh, it's it's more I want to become the best system. Like that's, that's how I think. Like I'm very, I'm very competitive, yeah. you know? And, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, the, you know, these, some of these competitors, these, these two of them, they sold too early, I think. And if they just kept going and, you know, like, again, dangling a little bit of money in front of you, it, you know, what are you going to do with it? Like if you, if you have $10 million or $50 million, How's your life going to change. That's it's the question. not like if it's 10 million or 50 million, it's not really going to change that much, you know? Um, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you're still gonna need to do something every day. Right. And like, I thought about, it, I'm like, okay, if I sell my business fully, full, full sale, what am I going to do? Right. Let's say I go into all the hot, hot topics, AI, climate, electric, right. Those three things, those are what's hot right now. Even if the area is hot, it's still going to take me years to build what I've built with all the way of living. I, Elevator Living is such a massive, um, there's so many moving parts. We have so many revenue streams. It would take me five, six years to build a brand new business. And 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 there's still a chance it would fail. Yeah. Right. So for me, I like, I like what I do with Elevator Living. You know, there's no exit plan. Uh, it's it's really just um, you know, keep adding new features, talking to customers. What can we do? You know, what problems do you guys have? That's what I do now. Like my, majority of my day is like I meet with customers. I say, what can we help with? Like, what are you guys doing? Show me what you're doing here. Show me what you're doing there. And I literally spend an hour or two with different property management companies. And they're showing me kind of how they do certain things on the back end because I don't know what they do. Right. But they show me and I'm like, oh, well, what if you did it this way? Like an outsider perspective. And they're mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, that we could do it that way. That would be better. And I'm like, yeah, it would be better. <laughs> like, for example, like one, I'll give you an example. Uh, maintenance request, right? So right now, when you go to Old Town Park, you submit a maintenance request in Rent Cafe, right? Mm -hmm. And then what happens next? They send you an email saying it's confirmed and there's always a permission to enter. Right. But do you know when they're going to show? Does no. it have like a schedule? No. You don't know when it's going to happen, no. right? 
I don't even know if it's going to happen. They give, send you this email, they're like, yeah. it's waiting to be approved. Uh, yeah. That, that email always bothers me. I'm like, what do you mean waiting to be approved? My light's out. My fridge isn't working. My sink is like, whatever's wrong. I'm like, no, no, just come and do it. Don't tell, don't tell me you're waiting for approval. Right. So, so like the, what you're saying, like it makes sense that like, like why isn't it done differently? Right. Like if you look at like companies that are pure software companies that like, if you look at like a HubSpot or a Salesforce, like how do they, how do they handle support tickets? Right. Yeah. You put a support ticket in, you get an idea signed, you get some sort of automated hey, message it, we'll do this or, or you say, Hey, schedule a call, schedule this. So like in maintenance, for example, I'm like, I told my clients, I'm like, why don't we, you know how there's like a Calendly link or like yeah. a HubSpot meeting link. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why can't, a resident get an automated text that says, hi, we received your request. And then they get a Calendly link or something. When do you want it done? That says, choose a time for someone to come by. And then that, that calendar is linked to the maintenance person's calendar, yeah. right? Real time. And they could choose a time that works for them. And you know what, if it was something specific, like let's say it's a light, because like, the general dropdown that I've seen, it has it's general, it's nothing specific. But if you could build in the specific things that happen the most often, like a clogged toilet, a clogged sink. Most popular. The most popular items, right? Yeah. The guy's like, okay, this takes 30 minutes, it takes 15. So you could have those blocks on the calendar already there. And then you're saving with the, with the scheduling of the staff member too. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. I, I don't know, you know, and especially with like Chad GPT now, like I've been probably, I've been obsessed with Chad GPT. It's been fun, right? Oh my God, I've been going down uh, black holes. How are, you, how are you gonna use it? What are your thoughts? Um, I'm already using it. I've been using it for the last, whatever, whenever it came out, I've been using it a lot. I've been using it to help me write proposals. I've been help, using it to help me write um, uh, contracts. Uh, I've been using it to help me write um, paraphrase things, content for the website. We're building out new landing pages right now. Um, it, it's insane. Like it, basically what I'm using it for is I, I, I feel like the, I'm still not at the, like the, I'm at the tip of the iceberg. I think there's so much more, like for example, sales. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's, I think a lot of companies in general, they have too many sales reps, at least in, in prop tech, what I'm in. Like we got to, you know, over $10 million a year in ARR with our business with me and one salesperson, right? So that, that's 450 buildings, right? And there's companies I look at, they have like 15, 20 sales reps, right? And, you know, they raise a lot of money and they- I also feel like once you, because there's only so many property managers, Right. And you're really getting to the property manager, right? And if you can do well yeah. by one building, it's probably going to circulate. It does, there. it does. And so it's kind of like, you know, you don't need, like nowadays you don't need- all these people, you know, you just need one, you need a director, you need like a- But you're also an owner. You need, you to, need be, like, to be fair, you're an owner. I am, I am, but- No you, one's ever gonna operate your the way you're operating. True, but you could find good people. I, I, I believe that you could find good people and you can show them like, do this this way, and then they'll learn. And, you know, uh, I think there's some people that are very creative. They like think, oh, how, you know, they, they don't see a problem, they're like, they see the problem, but they're like automatically thinking of like, how can I get past this problem, right? And that's generally how I operate, that someone comes to me with a problem, I go, it's not a problem. We gotta do it this way. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna modify this, this, that. We're gonna make it work. Um, you know, we do that all the time. You know, so a manager calls us and says, hey, I need this feature. And, you know, we have a feature that does like X, Y, Z, but then 
it doesn't do this one thing, but there's a way you can MacGyver it to make it do what they want to do by either connecting to like a third party API or whatever it is. But the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, going back to like the automation, you don't need a huge sales team. You can literally, um, you just need someone to come up with a plan and the plan you need to look at all the different software that's out there, how to connect chat GPT to this software. And then this software connects to this. And it needs to be like a one big, one big loop. And then we're slaves for robots. It's, it's, <laughs> it's crazy though, but like, have you seen like a chat GPT, like the prompt and stuff? Like, for example, you could do something like where I can generate, if let's just say I wanted to like get your attention. Are you right? paying for four or are you on three and a half right now? I'm using the free one. Okay. Right now. Yeah. Like the, the free ones. I'm, I'm curious like how. The free one's already so good. Like yeah. you, you could, you know, you could set up. But it's, it's, it's so good. Imagine where it's going. Oh yeah. So like the chat GPT, then there's like the image generator as well. I forgot what it's called. Um, but essentially what you can do, if I want to get your attention and make it very personal to you, this thing will. You know, you can get like a lot of data points on somebody from online, right? Try to figure out where you live, mm -hmm. what you do, um, where you went to school. So you could off those things, um, you know, even like if you sign up for like soccer leagues or something, it will find that online. So it could take those things and then it could say, you could say Chad GPT generate like a, like a, like an intro, uh, maybe one or two sentence that would appeal to, to, to you, right? Mm -hmm. And essentially it generates it automatically. Um, and it could do this, imagine this, imagine you have a thousand leads in your system. It does this within 10 seconds. Yeah. It will generate a custom prompt for every single person within five seconds. You load it into your CRM and nobody, nobody will ever know that it was AI generated. They're gonna think that you sat there, did all this research, and 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 emailed them, uh, but here's crazier: you can actually figure out where someone lives, generate an image of a local coffee shop near where they like where they live or whatever it is, or their business, and you could say, "Hey, you want to meet for coffee?" And you could put yourself. You could take a photo of you, right? You could take a white background. Yeah. So you get like a good photographer to take a good photo of you that you can reuse in these images, and it will plant you in the coffee shop or. Or like outside the, you know how Google Images mm -hmm. has like the image? Yeah. It will plant you in front of a coffee shop doing like a thumbs up, like coffee. You know, like, and it'll send it to you like, it's crazy. So, so you got me thinking a lot here. Can you upload your contacts like that and do that? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sickening. It's, it's, like I said, it's, it's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> like it's one of those things where there's so much you can do. Um, and there's new stuff happening coming out like every month now that I've been looking at. There's like this thing that called Auto GPT okay. that came out, and you could basically create a playbook. You know, you it does like you know what I was talking about, like different things. Mm -hmm. That's what you could do. You could connect a playbook where it's like, so it's like a Zapier for AI in a way. Uh, kind of, kind of, but it's 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 literally like for example, you might say like, I need you to write me a book. And here are the things you're going to do sequentially. So when you're writing a book, let's say you and I were doing it. I, I've never written a book, but if I was writing a book, I'd probably be like, oh, well, I need to create like a outline, content outline. I need to choose like a category. I need to have some sort of research, right? 
So you're going to tell this thing one time. You're going to say like, here's, here's the outline. Here's the book, what I want. Um, I want you to do research on these following things for each of these sections. Um, I want you to talk about, you know, some sort of like, so again, when you, when you say research, it's going to like different websites, right? It's going to the whole internet. Yeah. It's going through a lot of different things. Um, you know, going on LinkedIn, um, researching there, going on Reddit, getting real-time data quotes from people. This thing will write you a whole book and it's just going to follow your plan. Like you're going to be like for every section, I need you to do X, Y, Z. And it's writes the whole book. You'll have like 400 pages in gosh, probably a minute or two, you know, but, you, but it's all about prompts, how you write the prompt to the AI. That's what I learned too, that you have, you can't just write, like write me a book. You have to be like very, very specific. Um, it's like you're, when coders, when they code, when they talk to a computer, they code to get the computer to give them information. So, mm -hmm. like, you know, like back in the day, you have command prompt. No. On a PC, no, you ever use a command prompt? Yeah. It's like that black thing. That like, like DOS? A, I don't know if it's, I don't know, is it, I don't know, it's called command prompt, but it was like a black thing that always appeared on every PC. And there was like an, un, there was like an underline, like an underscore, and you could type into it. Yeah. Every so PC I think that's the, that's the DOS like mainframe of the computer. And then you're typing in command prompts to get it to run the program. Yeah, exactly. or whatever it is. So yes. I always call yes, it a command prompt. So, yeah. you know, when I was in, when I was in high school, I was able to shut down when I was in keyboarding class. <laughs> I, I, each computer had a name and you could find the label, the, the teachers, they labeled the computer. So I could shut down those computers remotely during keyboarding class. That's great. I could write the message and the message would pop up like, you lose 60 seconds. Shut down. <laughs> and, and it would shut down everything they were working on. So in the command prompt, like you basically, t you, a you ask the computer for something right? In, in their language. And it gives a response back. That's kind of what AI does. Like you basically tell it, you have to like prompt it same way. And then it gives you a response right back or whatever you ask for, but you got to tell it very specifically, but it still does a good job. Even if you just do like, give me like one sentence marketing, you know, one sentence marketing slogan for X. It, it's crazy. Yeah. I've, I've been trying to figure out how, how is the best way to use it? Uh, there's so many ideas, but for real estate, for real estate. Yeah. What do you think? Um, well, I think that you should probably figure out like who's, who's potentially going to be moving. Mm -hmm. Um, you can maybe look up like who lived in a place for a long time, maybe has kids, family, and maybe he's looking for a bigger house in the suburbs, get their information from LinkedIn somehow, like <laughs> get their email contact, like reach out to them, introduce yourself. Like, you know, I'm surprised more realtors don't do that. Like I, I don't, so we, we can buy that data, but my experience with it, not that great. So, what I'm, so that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know, like, the, so you can buy like there's zoom info and there's mm -hmm. always, and, and I don't know if it's always that good and yeah. if it's accurate data, um, you know, it's, you know, how like, you get like a cold email from somebody. Yeah. I'm surprised more realtors don't do that. Like be like, Hey, like, Hey Conrad, like, like I, you know, I live, you know, I see you live in Chicago and you know, live here and here and here in this address. Like I live nearby because you have their, like, you know who the owners are. Yes. Right. Yes. You can get that data. trust. Yeah. Yeah. And you could say like a personalized email where it's like, Hey, by the way, like, you know, I live in the area. I just want to introduce myself. Um, you know, and you could use AI to run this. You could run it all day long without even having to lift a finger. You set it up, uh, you know, and it will find people, 
email them and it will customize like a, you know, uh, individualized message to them. But that would be one way. We're going to talk offline about that part. Yeah. Because I don't know how you get the customized information, like how you could run all that with that data, because I can get all those things. There's, there's. But I don't know how to run it through the AI to perform that function. You would have to get like some sort of a CRM to connect to, you know, the scraper, mm -hmm. data scraper. It's, it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's going to be like a big project, but it's a one-time thing. Yeah. Usually. Once you invest in that. And then you, and then you, main, and then you maintain it. Yes. You know, the problem with a lot of these things is that once you set it up, it's so big sometimes that like you forget what you did. I believe that. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but I actually started doing. We well, were like, working on it for so long. And you're like, I did something six months ago. I'm I'm past that. Yeah, and you, you forget, it goes out of your head yeah. once you set it up, and then you're like, you need to adjust. You need to make like an adjustment to it, right? For example, and like there's so many times where I broke the whole thing because I forgot. Like there was like this one little thing because you test it, right? You make sure that it works, um, and it and sometimes there's like these like variable things that happen, and. You know, you, rem you remember like when you're doing it, you're like, oh yeah, to fix this little variable, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. But then when you're six months later, you don't forget about these little things. And then you modify something, it breaks the whole damn integration and you got to do it from scratch, you know? So it's, it's complicated. It's almost like good to have like a, like a, you document it mm -hmm. as you do it. So that's what I started doing now, or if I do build something out. I document everything I did. So you have a log of it all. So you can go back and reference yeah, it. like why I did this, you know, why, what, and where, you know, you want to know why that's the main thing. Cause sometimes I'm looking at these things. I'm like, why did I do, why did I do that way? And then, you know, cause you're looking at it, like you wouldn't normally connect it. Mm -hmm. um, but then later that variable pops up and you're like, oh, well, that's why I did it. Because this one use case wouldn't have worked. Because <laughs> that one thing. Yeah, and and if you don't have it documented, you're gonna have to redo it from from scratch usually. So, you use Zapier now for some things. Yeah, yeah, Zapier is pretty good. Um, you know, it, I just wish it had like a bi-directional sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, um, it's only going one way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Zapier is a good. It's a good tool. Um, I use it for my stuff too. I, you know, it's it's one of those things that connects with everything. There's another one called Integromat. It, it, they changed their name though, I think, to like Make, but that one's good too. If you're, do you ever use that one? No. It's, it's similar to Zapier. It's less expensive. Okay. It's funny. Know. Our business is becoming less techie. Really? My business personally. Uh, I can't give away my secrets here, but point point being is like getting in front of people on a tech side isn't necessarily as good, and some of the people I'm trying to get in touch with are not in front of the tech. Mm. And sometimes those people are more valuable to get in front with. Yeah. I, so I think, I think tech only goes, so, you know, there's a saying, right? All roads lead to Rome. Yeah. And, um, you know, while you can do emails and all that, you still need to be doing other things. Yeah. And the, the warm, fuzzy personal touch never dies. Yeah. And if I, can I get, if I can get in front of someone, I usually feel good about that meeting. It's just, how do you get in front of them? That's the hardest part. Yeah. That's why we do conferences. Like in our industry, like conferences are nice because you can get in front of the decision makers in Smart. person. And, you know, usually when you email somebody, they think you're like, they don't, they don't know you. You yeah. know, they're like, oh, who's this random person? Always. Always. There's no relationship, right? Yes. But when you Another. meet somebody in person, it's, it's like different. Like, oh. Uh, you know, I met John, John has my back. He's going to get it done for me. Yeah. Like he's a good guy. Or it's the opposite. Or you're like, I don't like that. I guy. don't trust this person. Yeah. yeah. Like the vibe I got is yeah. not good. 
It goes both ways. 100%. And I think most people have those feelings about those people. Or some people are better at feeling that feeling about someone. Yeah. It's a sixth sense. It is. I, I think we all had sixth sense that probably died out. But as you deal with people a lot. Easier. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, for me, I, uh, back when I was younger, I was a, I did personal training. Mm-hmm. So it was like a, one of my buddies, I remember I had a job somewhere. I was getting like eight bucks an hour, like working part-time. And my buddy's like, hey, man, like... Um, it's funny because he, he works with me. Mm-hmm. He he works. He's my director of revenue. Um, but he was he was also a trader uh, at this place, I guess. And he's like, God, he's like, my company's like, it was export. You know, export. Yeah. He worked there, and he's like, I, you know, my company's hiring, and uh, you know, you like working out. I'm like, yeah, I like working out. You know, for me, I'm like, this is great. Like, I could just go get a free membership. Yeah. And, and it was like twenty bucks an hour. You know, at the time, okay, which was like double what I was getting at like the store I was working. I hope at. you're charging more than that now. Oh yeah, but this is so I was like seventeen, eighteen. Okay, you know, yeah. and I um, how old are you now? Now thirty two. Okay, um, so yeah, I was seventeen, eighteen, and I was you know training people. And what I learned though, and I you know, if, if you have kids, right, you need to get your kids in like a customer service sale, like where they're meeting people. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like I developed so much doing that. You learn so, about people. Yeah, because you learn about, like, one, you learn about different types of personalities. Like, there was people that were very uptight, more relaxed, uh, you know, uh, older, younger, um, you know, different, you know, beliefs, right? And, you know, you need to know how to navigate that, yeah. right? And, you know, as a trainer, like people would tell me all their, you know, it's like, a, you know, they say you're a barber, you tell all your secrets. I would learn so many crazy things from people. And what I learned was like one thing, for example, was like, you know, doctors, you know, and like these people that are like in these high level positions, um, they're not always like the best people, right? So like there's, you know, I've worked with, you know, all types of people like lawyers, doctors, pharmacists, you know, everybody, finance, hedge fund. And what I learned is that, you know, sometimes the people that like, you know, especially like healthcare, you know, you'd be amazed at how many people are just so unhealthy. Like oh, yeah. Your doctor, if they don't work out and like, I don't know, I don't know if I could go to a doctor. For health advice, I don't know if your doctor is your best person to go to. But I, I just think it's, but I, but they're doctors, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, to me, I was always like, they might be a great surgeon. They might be great for this particular thing that they do, but ask a doctor about vitamins. Yeah. So if anybody like, you know, I'm sure someone's going to be watching the podcast. Everybody has a good doctor recommendation for a 32 year old male that like, again, so if, you, if you do this exit, I think a real big business that's only going to keep growing is health concierge. Yeah. That's a huge business. But you need like, you need some sort of like, uh, insurance because people want to go through insurance yeah. ultimately right and the health no no no. Uh, no insurance no insurance there's enough people who will just like, pay a monthly fee let's say it's 300 dollars a month you get the subscription access and i think you bypass all insurance i think there's enough people with enough income yeah it's it's one of those things where like i would love that because yeah. you know it's it's i looked into these systems like there's a one medical there's there's a few of these i don't think there's a i think there's more boutique services that yeah. are doing it i don't know if anyone's really scaled the model yet and right. I, if, if it scales it might also fail like Scaling is great. And for a business like yours, scaling makes perfect sense. For some businesses, there shouldn't be scaling. And scaling is actually going right. to erode what the business is. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, with, um, uh, with the 
going back to doctors, it's like one of those things where it's, you know, you'd be surprised at like <laughs> who I met, you know, who I met. It's, you know, the people that you think are like angels are devils. And, you know, as long as you think someone's like a devil, but they're actually like a really good person. And, uh, you know, so you learn a lot. And I think like everybody, you know, if you have kids, young kids, you should 100% work for like a customer service sales type thing where you do get to know people and talk to people because it's going to help you later in life. Yeah. You know, like you said, it's all relationships. And, uh, you know, especially when you are helping somebody, um, what's nice about training was it was like a very easy job. Like, you know, people come in, I want to lose some, some weight, you know, you, they lose like 30 pounds. They start crying to you. They're like, Oh my God, I feel so good. I've never, I've never felt this good in my, in my whole life. So you're like, wow, people depend on me, right? Like yeah. people depend on me. So it kind of like teaches you like all these things where like, you know, people rely on you, you know, you gotta be a good communicator, gotta be on time, show up. Um, so the only bad habit that I got from being a trainer was that for me, there is no Saturday and Sunday. There's no holidays. To me, it was like, I remember when I first started working, I was like, oh, it's Columbus Day? Oh, perfect. I can schedule all my clients eight hours back to back on Columbus Day. Oh, it's Saturday? Oh, perfect. Saturday, nobody's working today. I'll schedule all my clients starting at 6 a.m. until like 2 p.m., right? And now I still kind of have that where like, I just don't look at- That's why I'm just a realtor too. It's the same exact thing. I don't look at it. For me, I, the job needs to get done. I get the job done. And that's it. The mindset of like waiting for the weekend, that's really depressing to me. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. Like you could have a weekend today. Like mm -hmm. right now, look, it's Friday, midday. We're having a weekend. <laughs> you know, we took off. As long as you get your stuff done. Yes. Like all of our, I don't know, how, how many people do you have on your team? Do you, so there's Adam right here behind yeah. the cameras. And then we have three agents. Okay. So, you know, with our business, you know, I let everybody work from home. Mm -hmm. um, and it was even before the pandemic, we always... I pretty much let them work from home. We would meet once in a while, but ultimately is, you know, not everybody can work from home. I think there's like certain types of, you know, personalities. Some people don't have the discipline. And yeah. like even me, I can work from home, but I'm more productive when I'm not. Right. I just am. Right. If I'm in a more public setting, I, there's like this weird thing about pressure. Right. Right. Even if it's not like I could be working next to Adam or I could be here alone with people walking down the street. And the fact that people can see me working in this office makes me work more. more. Yeah. So it's like, you, you need to like, you need to have like your, like wherever you feel comfortable working. I think ultimately like you don't need to be like, for example, if you had like 30 people here, it might not be as productive because yes, then they're going to keep coming to you, interrupting you, whatever yeah. you were, whatever chat GPT automations you're trying to build. Yeah. Boom. There it goes. Like you're, you're almost done. Someone came, asked you a question, you're like, shit, I just forgot what I was doing. I used to say that about our big office. I would keep headphones in all the time just yep. so people wouldn't bother me. And they weren't even people that were on my team or that I work with. It's just people in the office who like yeah. want to chat and like take five minutes of your time away. Yeah. And like, it's, it's I don't, unproductive. I don't want to talk to you. And so I would always keep headphones in, even yeah. if nothing was on. That's why I love like, you know, being able to work wherever, whether it's your home, wherever you want to be. It's the best. Because it's, nice, it's nice to pop in somewhere and just work for an hour, two, three. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm traveling, I really love that. If I'm doing Zoom calls, it's tough to like go to a coffee shop because yeah. then I'm like, you're that asshole. I'm the asshole <laughs> talking super loud. Like, I'm, like, I'm like making like, I'm doing like yeah. my, you know, my, I'm moving my hands. I'm showing them the app. Do, do you have a Capital One account? Capital One, no. Yeah. So you should get a Capital One account. At their banks, they have legitimate 
So they have like a coffee shop slash really? we work system. And as long as you have an account there, you can use all these spaces. Interesting. I had no idea. So I, when I go I'm to- I'm pretty sure there's not a lot of people that know that. I think there's three in Chicago. There's one right down the street. There's really? one, there's two between like a and is mile it nice? away and a mile. Is yes, there like private- very nice. Is there like private Very nice. Very nice. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. So you can use these spaces plus all the coffee and teas half off. Wow. Yeah. So when you're, when I'm traveling, that's what we look for. We try My wife and I do that. Try that's to a, find those spots. That's a good idea. So anybody, yeah. Anybody, you know, who's listening, it's real estate. It's a good idea to add into their retail. Get space. a capital one. <laughs> account. Capital one. Yeah. There's a lot of, I have a lot of clients actually adding co-working spaces now. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. The Zoom rooms. Yeah. They, and these little, they're kind of like this big, right? Yeah. They're, they have like an empty retail space or whatever, like, or like an unused lobby area and they'll literally convert it to like a co-working. That's space. smart. And they'll get memberships and they'll, you know, people can come in there. Oh, they're doing it like that. Yeah. They're not giving it to the residents. So residents, the way it works is residents can go there. Uh -huh. So like, you know, there's like a table, public table, anybody could be there. Right. But what if, but if there's like a private uh, office, yeah, then you pay and, and the resident, can I don't pay. like that. The resident can pay for it. Um, uh, the, you know, people from the public can pay for it. But so think of like this, the buildings that I'm talking about have, they'll have a resident only one. Mm hmm right somewhere on like the eighth floor and think lobby unused lobby space they will convert it to like a co-working killing area. my vibe killing my vibe but, but they do that yeah we'll see what how that works out these buildings charge so much rent that when you start to really monetize everything it turns people off right right i um i would say this um with um with co-working spaces coffee shops uh, I've seen a bunch of buildings do a whole bunch of different things. Like one building had a bar, like a like a bartender. They have that in uptown. It's real a lot smart. of times, believe it or not, um, you know, this is like good. I'm going to say it out loud here, but don't do it. Like, don't like. It's I agree. Like, yeah. A lot, a lot so of these, what are your insights? Your a insights. lot of people. So a lot of developers, um, they have these, you know, these ideas where they're going to turn, you know, they're going to have a coffee shop in their lobby, and they're going to have, and they're going to run it themselves. They so want to run it themselves. That's a bad idea. You have yeah. to outsource it. That way you get the income from that. So there's a particular flats does that in Chicago. They do the bar and they do the coffee shop. Yep. The coffee shop is smart because then you can have, that's your doorman. It is. Right? And that's what some buildings try to do. But yes. then what happens is if the coffee, if the coffee is not, if the coffee shop's not making money, then even if you use it. So I'll give you an example. I had a company that used a third party vendor for the coffee shop. And this is, I've had a few stories like this, but I'll give you one example. I was visiting a property in Austin. So actually it was like, I saw it live. I walked into the building with, with the client. We were doing like a, like a tour with one of my clients. It was a sister property and there's no, there's no concierge. And there's this coffee, this coffee area, right? Like it's like, it looked like a coffee shop. And if you go on Google and type in like coffee around that area, there was like a co the coffee shop popped up. Like one star, it was like 30 reviews. Oh, interesting. So long story short, I found out what happened. And what happened was they had a coffee shop. The building was paying, the buildings pay like a monthly fee to do this to the, some vendor, right? So it would be like- That's a, backwards. Yep. And, but the vendor does everything for them. They'll get like the coffee, they'll hire the people. They're not going to care. They're not, but this is what, but this is how it works most of the time. Okay. And to do it any other way, when, if they did it in house, it's a money losing operation. Yes, I, I believe that. Um, and and you that's know, why they have those coffee vending machines. Coffee shop, um, you know, money losing operation. Whenever there's personnel involved, 
and like the building tries to do it, so the developer themselves, or they hire like a, a another vendor, it's it's gonna bring more headache and more um, problems, and probably even have a negative impact on their NOI than more than anything else. At least the ones I've seen, I, and I've seen a lot of these. I've seen the, where the owners try to do it. They hire sometimes they hire a vendor, and it never works out well. I saw another one that had a bartending service. They had a bar, and they they were like, "We want to offer like drinks at the pool on weekends." I go, "So, I'm a resident, so I'm just thinking in my head, right? Like I always put myself in. in if you live at Old Town Park, and you could bring your own drinks to the pool." Why would you pay 10, 20 bucks to, to, to get a drink from the pool? Right? Old Town Park said they were going to do this. And I had the same exact thought. I'm like, so you want to try and make money from me here too? Right. I would never pay. Nobody would pay. Never. Nobody would pay. And, never. and, and so it's, to me, it's like, it's like common sense. Like it won't work, but it will work. It will work. I'll tell you where it will work. If you have a building that has 1,000 units, 1,200 units, three towers, that have a shared amenity space and it's huge, right? It will work there. I think you put it as part of the commercial space. You could do it that way too. Yeah. I think if you have it, if you, if you have it, that's, if it makes you feel like you're leaving, like you left the building, you've left this place. Cause a lot of people just want a new space. Right. Right. That's the feeling. When I, when I go somewhere, I'm not really leaving for the drink, right? right? I'm not going there for the beverage. I'm going there for the new environment. Exactly. That's big on me. I'm all about environments. I know the yeah. best places you to go meet in Chicago. People, like, yes. But I also want to be in a cool place. Like I like to be in cool spaces. It gets you amped up. It gives me good energy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And that's why like, I don't like, I like the building gyms. But a lot of buildings, like, I'm not going to lie, and I've been telling them this for years, there's some that do a good job. But, like, for example, they all build a yoga studio, right? The, the yoga studio, it's always looked the same. There's, it's very boring. There's yeah. one building in Chicago that I helped them. Uh, they actually, uh, to Wolf Point East. Uh -huh. So I work with That's them. one of the best amenities in the building. Yeah. So they in have, the, the they, uh, so they actually, their when they were okay. building their gym, uh -huh. I met one of the, like, their construction guys who was like planning the project. And I'm like, look, it would be really cool if you guys, you know, they have a yoga studio, mm -hmm. they have that, but I'm like, make one room where it's like a dynamic training studio where you have a treadmill, you have battle ropes, you have like this big gym rack where people can do like circuits, circuit mm -hmm. training, just like they do when they go to like- um, A gym. Yeah, like or an orange here, Barry's boot camp. If you're going to Equinox and they're doing a class. Exactly. Yeah. I go all your all these buildings in the whole, in, at least in Chicago, right? That I've seen, they've always had like a very. They have a yoga studio with wooden floor, or that, vinyl that floor, that no one really uses, and then mirrors, and that's yeah. it. And there's no weights, there's no nothing. And you know, there's they do yoga classes, but like, what if someone wanted like, you know, something a little bit more, right? Yeah. And that's where like we, you know, in the, at Wolf Point, we actually host. It's like the one building in Chicago that has um, a legitimate like group training. Mm -hmm. Set up where you have all these different like bells and whistles uh, for the for the residents. And what uh, the one thing they didn't do that I told them to do, I'm like, get like dark lighting, get a sound system built in. You know, um, build like it doesn't cost. They're already building this huge yeah. building. It doesn't cost that much. Put like a sound. Put like put cool lights in there. You know, they didn't do that part, but they did everything else, which I was happy with. Uh, but if imagine like you go into your own building. You have this cool vibe and you can even like if the classes were really good, I think people would pay extra 
so they wouldn't have to go anywhere, possibly. Possibly. I know you don't want to pay, but there are some... Okay, let me give you an example. I told one of my developers... There's always going to be someone who wants to pay. Tell me what you think about that. But it's not going to be the majority. Tell me what you think. All right. So, by the way, you always end up paying. Yeah, because it's in part of your rent. They usually factor those things in. So that, that's that's my argument, right? Like, because I, I when I look at these buildings, I know every month I'm paying an extra thousand dollars for the amenities. That's what they cost. But people are willing to do it. I I pay it. I'm happy to pay. It. You said you don't want to move to a house, right? I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to pay it. But when you start upcharging on every little thing, oh yeah, it's the microtransaction. Yeah. I hate microtransactions. So, for example, like I, I had a cool idea. I was talking about with one of my clients, uh, this developer. They they're trying to get like some something different done. They have like this massage room. Like mm-hmm. Nobody, the massage rooms, I think personally, there was, those are a waste of money. Yeah. Most people, if you're going to have, you have a apartment. traveling therapist, they're going to come to your my apartment. apartment. Yeah. Why do I want to go to your massage Nobody room? wants to go down to a massage room. So like right. massage rooms, waste of money, don't build them. I highly recommend against it. If, if you want it to look, look cool on a tour, then, then spend the money. Yeah. It's a good talking point. It's right? a good, what I think it does is it elevates. It does elevate. Yeah. It elevates the building. It does. It's a great talking point on a tour. Yeah. But when someone moves in and they order a massage, especially like I see the day, they book massage therapists to our app all the time. People always say, go to my unit. Yeah. Bring a table into my unit. Yeah. And we do. We I would leave my unit linens. if I don't have to. Exactly. So I told them, I said, convert the massage room, like all that space you have, Get like a cryotherapy chamber. Get a, a ice, a cold ice plunge. bath. Cold plunge. Agreed. Agreed. And, I've been say, and, I've been saying the same exact thing, and, and no building has listened. And those people, those people that want that stuff, they are willing to go and the pay building. extra uh, for cryotherapy. Yes, cold plunge. No, but I'm going to choose the building if there was a cold plunge. Like, oh, I know it'd be a huge I thing. I so I, one of the new one of the new Ani buildings, they got rid of their communal sauna, uh-huh. a regular normal sauna, and they decided to do infrared. I was like, this is so stupid. This is so bad. You did individual little personal saunas, so one person can go in there. Do you know how many people I've met in my sauna? I use my sauna almost every day. Right. I use it a lot. I've made friends there. I like it. Plus, I like a traditional sauna. I think most people do. So there's right. some people that like infrared, but it's it's not the same thing. Right. You don't get that exhaustion. Sure. Right. Sure. Yeah, it's a little different. Yeah. But all those things like infrared sauna, regular sauna, ice, you know, cold plunge, hot plunge, cryotherapy uh, would be cryotherapy. Cool there's a there's it's there's, got a huge liability though. It's a huge tank and you're like it's a bomb waiting to go off. But the they don't use hydrogen, so you could get an electric chamber. Really? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you get an electric chamber, um, and there's a few companies that make them. Um, but most are hydrogen, aren't they? Most, yeah, and, and then and it wouldn't be like if you did hydrogen. It wouldn't be feasible for a developer yeah. to do, but if you did electric, it would also be feasible. A, it'd be cool to have a self-service model. Well, that's what I'm, you that's, sign. You that's sign what I'm getting at. So basically, you you build out this cold plunge area with all these bells and whistles, and and you, there's two ways to do it. One, you charge, you build it into the rent, or two, you have like a special area that's key fob access or phone access, yeah. whatever, and you can only get in there if you pay extra. And I and I believe that there will be people that will pay extra. Yeah, I, I really do. And I think for cryotherapy, I agree. Um, you know, there's a lot of the other cool amenities I've seen are like um, uh, the ski machines and yeah. golf simulators. Everybody's seen the golf simulators. Well, you know what's funny? We're, we're talking Ani. I pick on Ani sometimes because I think they're a great company. But for instance, they don't have one golf simulator. And it's like, I know so many people. I play golf, yeah. I I don't play golf, but I know so many people that have passed on their buildings. They're like, the other building had a golf simulator. Yeah, I know. They're losing so much business. They don't even realize. I I know. So like the golf simulator is huge business. Yes. I'll tell you this. The 
I, I, we have a amenity reservation system in our mm -hmm. app and, um, I work with a lot of high-end buildings. So a lot of these buildings, they have golf simulators and I can see if I were to say, what's the most reserved yeah. amenity Great question. in our entire app, it's the golf simulator. Isn't and all and, you need and there's know? buildings where it's reserved all day long. That's what I hear from my Monday friends who live in them. Through Sunday, they say it's hard to get the reservation Wolf in Point the East, They probably live at Wolf Point East. Wolf Point East, like there's, there was a time where we had the, <laughs> the manager called and he goes, Conrad. You know, Conrad, they do live at Wolf Point East. They probably do. Yeah. yeah. They, they, basically my man, the manager goes like, Conrad, we need to figure out uh, like a, because we, we have a book, we could do like a future reservation blocker, how far in advance someone can reserve. Mm -hmm. We didn't have it on. So people were going in there and just booking. So we turned on this like, you can only reserve like 14 days in advance now. So now people have to go in there every day, check it, da da da. So now it's more fair because the, the slots open up like at midnight or something. So they so if someone really wants it, they have, 1201. Yeah, you know, or they can go to management and say, hey, management, like, can you, I, I haven't been able to get in. Can you do it for how, me? How about people not using the space when people reserve things and then don't use it? Have you thought about a solution for that? So access control, because uh, then you can you can actually monitor, for example, reserve. So think about this like actions, right? You reserve the space, right? And then you have to show up there, right? Yeah. And if you don't so, use it within 15 So minutes. you reserve it, then you have an access control on that door for that golf simulator, because usually it's inside like a, a room, um, at least in Wolf Point it is. Um, then you have a fob that basically automatically checks them in. So that Bob not only registers and opens a door, but you can sync the data back to our app and say that this person showed up. Well, so my problem is you should lose your reservation after five, 10 minutes, and then it should be open or there should be a wait list or something like that. Yeah, so 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 you could do that. Um, but a lot of these reservations are like no more than an hour. So it's almost like, like, how would you get notified? Like, do you get put on a waiting wait list? list? Like, there'd have to be some sort of wait list feature or something. Wait list. But it's still tricky to run that. It's like a tricky, it's like a tricky I, subject. I'd I think, say it's, I'd say it's tricky, but there's a lot of people. So you just said people were booking these things follow months. It, you follow the amenities. Like but, you, but people would book it months in advance, right? right. I guarantee you 50% of people actually use that time. Yeah. But that's why the access would help. Because the access, if you had access, you could actually verify if they, if they came in. But that's too late. I need something in real time saying this person what, what missed the reservation yeah, for so the five, first ten, 10 minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah, five, ten minutes. So if they don't show up in five minutes, what you can maybe do is like set up like a, like, you know, for example, if you like the, let's just say you like the golf simulator, right? Yeah. For example, you could set up an option where you could follow the amenity and get real time updates about the amenity. And essentially, so if someone does get a cancellation, you would get an alert on your phone that says like the amenity you're following just opened up. And it's free for the next 45 minutes. Yes. And then someone can go that, in and take a reservation. So, you, you know, we could probably build it. We're, build we actually it. just created, we created a new feature right here. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we do get requests for that. And I, but, you know, I think it's tricky because like a lot of people, like they already have plans sometimes. So there might be some people that are free. Those and people are assholes. No, it's this entitled. And it, so here's the problem with a lot of these buildings. And I live in one, I've lived one for a little bit now, but I get it. <laughs> you deal with a lot of entitlement. People, for instance, the trash shoots down. Do you know what people do? They pile their trash by the oh, trash. Trust me. I, I'm like, what? who raised you? Take it back to your unit. Come back in 15 minutes or do it tomorrow. Right. Whatever you have to do. Who do you think is picking this up? Is someone roaming the hallways looking for your trash? And so people would do the same thing. I know people they reserve things all to their toilet. Yes. And they make a maintenance guy. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Get a plunger. Yes. Plunger toilet. Yes. I'm just like, that's crazy. Yes. I agree with you. 
And so if when people make reservations for things and they don't have to pay, someone had to pay $5, guarantee they'd be there. But yeah. because there's no no loss if they don't show up, they're like, ah, maybe I'll go at six o'clock on yeah, a Friday. No. You know, what you know, another cool thing that um they did at Wolf Point was uh they have a golf lounge. Yeah. With, so, the, with the whiskey storage? Yeah. And you want to hear a funny story? I'm gonna cut you off. You were you there? Know? Well, I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you it's funny, you did no research on me. We have videos of every single one of these buildings. I'm sure you do. But here's funny about Wolf Point. <laughs> Wolf Point told us to take our video down. Really? And it was our most popular video. Yeah, we had, interesting. We, we had a great video of that. I'm gonna, that I'm, gonna I'm gonna talk to the property manager. Yeah, go talk to them. I know all of them. Yeah, very <laughs> uh, very short sighted myopic and and uh, I'd say a a famine mentality. Right, right, yeah. right. Good press is good press. Right. My and all I do is talk great about the building. Made us take it down. It was our highest viewed build, uh, video at the time. I'm surprised. Um, I'm not. Are, are you so? I, I guess in general, right? Not even like Wolf Point. Are you just not a, allowed to film? No, this was BS. So they allowed allowed us to do it during the pandemic because they were struggling, and then as the pandemic lightened and the building was doing fine, then they were like, no. So they gave us permission and then took it away. They retracted it. Yep. So you lost the ability. I lost my time. I lost my energy. I lost my money on the video, and I lost huh. the potential to sell the I'm, video. I'm surprised the that. So let me ask you this: But is it in general like can you not film uh, a building like that? So what we do is, is, is it's private. We get permission. We get permission from all the buildings. So they give us permission. We show up. The property manager walks us around. That's what's so funny about this. Like the property manager was there while we were doing it. Like this wasn't. It's not like we snuck into the building. Yeah, but what were you? What were they losing by you? By you having that video? control? Everyone wants control. They want to control the brand. They want to control the leads. Their fear is someone's reaching out to me instead of reaching out to them. What they don't realize, we do all these videos. We do them for a lot of different reasons. But a yeah. lot of people go to the buildings without contacting us. Right. If you're watching this, you know, contact us. It takes a lot of time and effort. But we there's a building. One of the leasing person told me off off camera, like off, you know, like on the sideline, I was showing them. They're like, hey, just so you know, like a lot of people show up here and we ask them how they found out about the building. They're like the YouTube guy. I'm the YouTube guy. That's so funny. But no one calls us. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I'm surprised they made you take it down. Like, oh, it was no one. That's the only company that's done it. We've done like 200 videos. Are you able, but let me ask you this like, are you able to lease a unit there? Like, for of course. Fine, you of are, course. right? Because I know some buildings don't allow it. Very few. It's a small minority. Okay. Yeah, I'm just surprised because I feel like, you and, know, and those buildings only do that once they're at a very high occupancy rate. Yeah. And then they come, you know, on their knees back to you guys be like, oh, we're giving concessions. Here's an increased commission. Please come rent our places. But as soon as they're past like 98%, 95%, wherever they are, like, no, 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 sorry, don't come to our buildings anymore. Interesting. I get it from a from a revenue perspective. See, I, 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 don't know, I don't know this side as much. Yeah. So it's like what you're telling me is like interesting because I, you know, I'd imagine that, you know, if you made a video yourself, and it was you doing it and and you were allowed to film like you, you should have the right yeah you should have the right to keep the video on um you know unless there's like some law against it that you, you oh know, he threatened me with their lawyers yeah really yeah oh it was such a such a strong unnecessary email interesting yeah that's crazy yeah, I, I had I had I had no idea that yeah. like I figure like if you oh it's, and it's not it? it's not Wolf Point it's Luxury Living who does that okay got so it. yeah it's I, you know Wolf Point is owned by Heinz you know it's owned by the Kennedys yeah they have they have the Luxury Living I think doing their leasing they, that's like one of the few buildings where Luxury Living does the whole thing got it yeah got it interesting yeah I don't know how they got that but it's good for them kudos yeah. It's a good name, probably. Luxury living, right? I think luxury <laughs> is the most watered down, unnecessary term. It doesn't mean anything anymore. Right.
Right. Yeah, everybody uses it. Luxury living. I think it's so it's really funny they're called luxury living because Baron Warner has their like luxury living division. Yep. And what Bar and Baron Warner's name is this big on all their ads, and luxury living is this big. Right. So Baron Warner is completely clueless to the fact that they're actually promoting another real estate company with every single one of their advertisements when they say luxury living on them. That's crazy. it's so funny. Cause and you know what's funny? The logos even look similar. Really? Yes. So from an outsider's perspective, no one sees the small B and W. All they see is the large luxury living. Yeah, I mean, like you know, that's why I, I say like naming is is important. Very like important. It, it's I, when I when I like your name too. What I meant to say earlier is you also didn't use the term luxury. I, I the word the term luxury. I the word used to mean something. It doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah, everybody says luxury, elevated, refined. These are all great terms, all great adjectives. But luxury literally means nothing anymore. It's you walk into a building. It's like here's the cheapest cabinets we can get. Here's the cheapest floor, and here's our okay location. Every building that's a that's a mid-rise, high-rise now they're all luxury, all luxury, all of them. And they'd be so smart, so smart to use something else. So Spoke did that. Spoke they called it. Um, I think they, like artistic or like artist building or something like yeah. that. It appealed to those people. It appealed brother, to a different. My younger brother. My younger brother lives there. He, does he use the the studio setup they have? Yeah, yeah. it's cool. Yeah, right? there's they have a, they have like a whole drum set and like you know it's it's it, it, I'll tell you this, uh, you know my brother's a good example of you know someone who just moved from college. He was in Champagne and uh, he met like all his friends there. He yeah. had like a, I told him I, I I always say like what the best thing you do is you move out from living with the parents, go and you know try shit <laughs> yeah and essentially you know i'm like go live in like you know don't be cheap you know you have a job you know i know you're not making like his first job it was like you know he wasn't making that much yeah. but he was he's in finance you know i think he worked at, at wells fargo or something but you know long story short it's like go work get your job and go rent and live in a nice place yeah don't be cheap so he went to go live at spoke and spoke was a nice building yeah it's different he met his uh he met some friends there and one of them like worked at like an investment bank and he was like a manager like, old, a little bit older than him and and he ended up getting his a job through this guy through a guy he met in his building that they're hanging out with their friends he like two and a half times the salary yeah you know and i'm like like damn you're making what how much your how much your offer i completely agree with what you said so i think my biggest mistake moving into the city and doing that is I was like, I gotta buy something, gotta buy something, gotta buy something, right? Yep. And so I'd buy in these condo buildings and I'd live in a high rise and I thought that was the experience. I completely agree with you. Get the like nicest place you can that you can afford in a, an apartment building with yep. social young people. I yep. moved into all these buildings with old people. Yeah. Like there was no one my age in yeah. these buildings. You'd meet someone like, hey, what's condo, your name? Condo buildings are not not the place to go. Like my, uh, you know, with me, I remember I went to, I subleased my first time I moved to the city. And that's why I, I said the story because I had the same thing happen to me where I moved to the city. Um, it was like my treat to myself. Uh, and I moved to 500 North Lakeshore Drive. Yeah. Related. Yeah. Great building. I, they kind of started that, that trend. Yeah. I had a studio overlooking the playpen, like facing that view. And Dude, it was crazy. I remember I, I I had this tiny little studio. I was subleasing. I subleased someone's space. It was like seventeen hundred dollars a month. And for me at the time, that was so much money. Yeah, that was like a big commitment. And um, I remember every time I look at the plate pen, I'm like, all these boats, people, you know, on like random days of the week. I'm like, man, like, what did these people do? And I started meeting neighbors, started talking to people, and like, you know, my neighbor's a doctor. This one's a lawyer, and this, and you just start to like network with people that are just like killing it yeah crushing it yep. right 
and it just gets you, you're in a good environment. And I feel like, you know, I feel like everything that happened, you know, happened because of me moving, you know, in, I put myself in a place where other people are also, you know, you're out there striving. You're grinding, you're striving, you're building your people business. People are trying to yeah. improve themselves in their career. Yeah. And you want to meet people that are in that part of their life. Yeah. So, you know, you know, my brother worked for him, <laughs> yeah. you know, ended up getting a job out of it. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it seems like the same thing happened, happened to you. Yeah. I picked too. up clients doing it too. Yeah. You live in a nice building, you know, you make friends there and, if everybody, if everybody in your building, like you live in a super nice building, right? Like, like one Bennett Park, super nice too, yeah. right? Um, but that one's rental and condos. I don't think it's worth the money, but that's a different conversation. Well, but it's super nice. Yeah, it's super nice. I heard it was kind of built a little cheap. The walls are a little bit thin. That might be true. I think the finishes are really nice. I think the spaces are a little small. I don't, I think there's better. I just look at everything as a value. Yeah. Right. When yeah. I, like here, Nima is the nicest apartment building in Chicago. Right now? I So I haven't been there yet. Oh, I haven't checked it out. a client? No, they're not a client. You need to lock that down. I know. So that's the nicest building. It's not the best location. Yeah, location over there is not. Great. So location's real. Important. But they have a they have a boxing ring. In the they middle. have everything. It's crazy. They have every amenity you could ever imagine. They have it all. There's literally, if you combined every amenity in every single building, it's all there. They have a golf simulator. They have everything. Do they have a ski machine? <clears throat> I don't see. I don't know. I don't even know where a ski machine is. It's, I've seen this in one building, okay. and I was so impressed. Basically, it's. Um, it's, it's a ski virtual simulator. It's you literally has boots. You go into these boots, and it has a track that goes like left to right. That's cool. And you, you know, you turn it on. You got slopes, and you're literally skiing. You know what buildings need to have? Virtual reality. That'd be the next thing. You know, like have you seen these virtual reality parks where you're yeah. running on uh, bi-directional treadmills? Yep. That's going to be amenity eventually. It's, it's tricky with that stuff though, because it's like you know, my um, uh, VR right, like you know the whole like mark. My Zuckerberg, right? Yeah. He uh, he's spending all his money on the metaverse. And I was like, you know, maybe he's right, maybe he's wrong. But all I know is I know one thing. I know that most people, they're on the computer all day, right? They're in front of a screen doing something. And like for me, I would find no joy putting on like a headset, um, you know, after being and working on the computer. It's not, here, here's why. It's not for you. Everything yeah. moves in 10-year increments. Yeah. All they need to do is nail this down for 10 years. Have it around, have it ubiquitous, right. have it at commonplace. And the next generation is just going to think that's what life is. Remember when you were little, didn't your parents ever say like, don't, don't stare at the screen yeah. too close. You're going to ruin your eyes. Yeah. So you how does the, no, the VR headset? So there's no research about that. Actually. Is there no research no, it's about complete that? BS. Okay. So we just debunked the myth right here. Yeah. Cause I, I always. Cause John says so. Yeah. I always, I always thought I'm like, there's, there's probably something to it. You know, if no. you're looking at something super close all the time, you're going to lose your, you know, our sightedness, but I we're I think we're the one of the last generations to really appreciate appreciate the outdoors. Yeah. I think that's really coming. I think technology always wins. It's yep. always going to be on the forefront. We're talking about chat GPT, all these things, like those are going to win always. They never get back. Yep. Technology never stalls. It always keeps moving keeps forward. And I think whether it's the next generation or two generations, whatever it is, that's going to be the reality. Yeah. You know, how old are you? I'm 36. 36. So yeah, I mean, we're, you and I are pretty much a generation where you saw everything happen. I grew up without internet. Was, you, did you grow up without internet? Yeah, in the beginning, there was no internet. Like, okay. I was. I remember I had like the modem that was like, eh, eh, yeah. eh, you know, yeah. it was like making all these noises, and I remember there was no there was no phones. Yeah. You know, there was it was all like I had memorized people's phone numbers. Yeah. Yep. 
So I I had the same thing. So like I think like when they started when they created the internet, that was like the biggest revolution. I think I'm curious what's gonna happen with the AI, but I don't think it's gonna be as big as internet. I do. You think so? I absolutely do. Because it's it's gonna create a new internet. It's gonna create a new connection. It's gonna take away so many jobs. It's gonna tr- really transform how our whole taking world jobs performs. away. Hundred percent. Yeah, but that's going to change. Like, what I mean is, that's going to change the landscape of how we view the world right. and how we navigate the world. Right. And we talk about universal basic income and all these different concepts. AI is going to force that type of idea. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, especially when Elon Musk starts making robots. Yeah. Humanoid robots. Yeah. And robo taxis, like the Uber drivers, they got to get I, worried. You You want my opinion? Well, so Uber drivers, Uber. It's so many businesses are built on the back of other people, right? Uber's plan from day one was to have self-driving cars, like yeah. guarantee it. And they're like, okay, we're going to have a workforce and then we're going to get rid of them like that. Yeah. Travis Kalanick, that guy didn't care about any person. I'm sure. They're still, I think that's still their plan. Of course, that's still their plan. That's, they, that's, why, they're, that's why they're not profitable. They've yeah. been investing in that since day one. So if you do that, all cars have to be like that, which I'm for. And I think driving mm-hmm. is going to be like a sport. Right. You're going to go to a, like a, a track and drive vehicles, and that's going to be the fun. Because who wants to drive? I've been sitting in the back of Ubers for eight or nine years. It's, it's comfy. It's, you could do work. You can call you people. Could, you could be productive. Plus, you think the person is safer than the robot? I'll take the robot nine times, ten times out of ten. Not yet, though. Not, I think we're there. But you have to take driving away from everyone. And if that's going to be hard. If you take it away from everybody, I agree. Yes. If everybody, if it was all autonomous robots it would work i think 50 but, years but what happens is these unknown situations that happen these variable situations right that you can't predict we're, we're, that's we're, what messes with the robots a lot of times we're, we're so we're learning those i think they know those but society isn't ready for the answer right. and their answer is real tough yeah they had to kill that person right but in the meanwhile hundreds of people lived because these are because there's no drunk drivers, there's no distracted drivers, there's no texting drivers. Yep. We completely bypass and ignore all of those deaths for the one robot death. We're going to have deaths. Deaths are always going to occur. The right. cars. What's I forget what the the question is, but the question is the baby or the old person, yeah. right? You go towards the old person. Sorry to say it, baby has the rest of a life in front of him. Old right. person has X amount of years. You go for the old person. Those things are just realities of life. Yeah. And if it was the person driving, what if, what if they, it's a pregnant old person? If it was the person driving, they'd probably hit both. Right. They'd probably like go to swerve, hit the older person, and then kill the child. Yeah. It's 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 uh, there's going to be big changes. The older person who's pregnant. Yeah. What would you do in that situation? See, I don't know. Yeah. So, but we have to. You have to make the decision, right? Yeah. The AI is gonna. You have to train the AI yeah. to make the, the decision. The bottom line is, the human would have had to make that decision either way. Right. And yep. usually people don't think. That no, way. you don't have time. Yes, you don't have time to do it. No way. This has been lots of fun. Uh, we yeah. could, I feel like we could talk for a long time. Yeah, we could. I got to shut. Let's see how long. This is the longest one we've ever done. We, um, we're we at two, over two hours. Crush you believe that? Love it. Yeah. This is lots of fun, Conrad. Where can anyone find you? Um, so uh, find me online or? Yeah, online. I mean, you, well, you want to give your phone number? I would say LinkedIn. LinkedIn is probably the best. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, no, so like you, but Elevated Living. Oh, uh, so Elevated Living, our website's uh, www.elevatedliving.com. As you know, yeah. we talked about. Thousand bucks. Um, our Instagram is Elevated Living as well. 50 bucks. Um, you know, what is it on Facebook? <laughs> on Facebook, it's Elevated Living Now. Now. Okay. I don't like it. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. We don't really use the Facebook one as much. We use the Instagram. We're the same way. Um, but we... But if you want to you know, reach out to me, anybody, um, you know, 
you could find me on LinkedIn. Um, and we also have a LinkedIn for our, for our business. It's also elevated living. So it's very easy. That one? No, that one I actually got good. LinkedIn yeah. was like behind, you yes. know, nobody was really creating pages yep. there. So I didn't have to, I didn't have to fight anybody for it. Can you believe they paid $25 billion for that? For LinkedIn. It's like the most spammy place in the world now. Now there's a lot of, um, more influencers happening and you know i'm not gonna lie like here's the thing like i i'm trying i think i told you like trying to do the podcast yeah, thing yeah um and it's one of those things where you know it's it's tough to get started because it is like a lot of work um but it's one of those things where linkedin is really good for my business like i feel like 100 what there's a lot of like business to business there's a lot of influencers now in like property management they're trying to like you know people trying to uh, what do you call it? Like even if, like a property management company, they're trying to like elevate themselves uh, to like a developer or an owner and they're trying to win their business. So they're doing all these things on LinkedIn and posting about how their culture and their employees and all this. Their virtue and, signaling. And, and and here's the thing. I I love it. You know, it's one of those things where it's like good for do you. you. Hold do on, you but, do. But do you like, and you, you can't be really honest, but that, that stuff comes off as so fake. It, when I when I see a company trying to be on every current trend or like oh this well, is happening if they're, they're overdoing it, I guess it depends on what they're overdoing it right if they're overdoing it and like they're being fake about it it then, seems so trite and insincere but but there's some that like there's some people that actually they like talk about like there's some I would call them influencers that talk about actual problems in the industry where I do follow some of these people like they have like their own Substack and you know they write articles property managers do their own Substack uh, developers ownership prop tech consultants. Okay. Like I follow a few people and like they have good content. And so it's kind of like, you know, it's like a podcast. Like if someone has good content, you know, you want to listen and you want to learn about what they did, how they did it. Like one of my favorite podcasts is like how I built this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. Like, great. Cause you, you hear about like how they started, how, you know, so it's the same thing. Like there's a lot of people out there that are doing good content, but there's also like a lot of like, there is a lot of like this fluff happening. Um, but ultimately it, I think it's, uh, all press is good press in yeah. a sense, right? Like whether it's so that's a, Bud Light right a now. little bit of fluff. Yeah, not <laughs> that. Um, you need a little fluff sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, really of course, appreciate man. It. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Want to watch another My Chicago podcast? Click here. If you want to see exceptional Chicago properties, Click here. Thanks for watching.